I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup and So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize But listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life Yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan Heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man Got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues I know Arbor, Unger, Picker, Plager, Rab, McDonald, Shock, Hall, Chris Moore, Patey, Harvey, Jimmy, Robert, Sabarin, Berenson, Thompson, Eggers, Hester, Barrow, Pierre, Plant, Jock, Plant, Gossip, Merrick, Gritzer, Bono, Stevenson, Davidson, St. Marseille, McCreary, Leffley, Ecclestone, Huck, Palace, Harry, Talbot, Keenan, Sandy, Yassi, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, gimme a let's go blues. I know Federico, Turnbull, Gilmore, Brown, Chattel, Bothwell, Bay, Bitch, Mahar, Mullen, Millen, Sutter, Pedersen, Pavisey, Curry, Zuckley, Uthard, Hunter, Schofield, Reeves, Ramage, Kia, Dunlop, Wickenheiser, Crombie, Benning, Raglan, Ewan, Micheletti, Ramage, Romming, Pavlovsky, Evans, Cavallini, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, gimme a let's go blues. And hello and welcome to Blue Notes, your hockey podcast home for your 2019 Stanley Cup champions of the world, the St. Louis Blues. I'm your, one of your uh, hosts, Tom Franklin, here, joined not by Wags. Wags uh, has a prior commitment, but he'll be joining us later on tonight. Uh, but you do see, if you're watching us on Facebook right now, you see two men to my left. They go by Tyler and Jared, and they are the co-hosts of our Avalanche podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, Offside by a Mile. Boyles, what's going on? Uh, first of all, that song is fantastic. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was mind blowing. <laughs> uh... Luke he goes by Teriyaki Fingers on Twitter. Oh. And I heard this song, and we had him on for, for a podcast episode, and it was just it's it's golden. It's just so golden. And and, and he think and he luckily said if you if you wanted to use it for as our podcast song, go for it. Oh, oh man, that is. I'm without words. Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. This is a blast. I can't wait to actually watch the Avs. You know, play real hockey. Yeah, and and we're actually watching it right now. Seventeen uh, twenty left to go in the first period. Uh, on from my perspective here. Ooh, nice. We're ahead. Oh, you're ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I know they're. Yeah, there's going to be some hinky issues, I know, with this stream because you're going to be watching, like, the game at one point. Ooh, backhand shot just a little wide. Um, by the way, just in case you're, um, you know, listening to the audio version of this later, if Wags decides this actually belongs in it, we'll figure that out later. Um, you know, we are streaming live on Facebook at Blue Notes Pod. We are hosting a watch party of uh, the Blues Avalanche uh, first round robin game for both teams in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. At least some people have called Edmonton beautiful before. I uh... never <laughs> once have you heard that from one of us. Yeah, there be that. Exactly, exactly. And, ju- and, ju- and, and just just a note for our listeners: you're up from that way, aren't you? Yeah, we're from Calgary, so the better part of Alberta. Ah. Yes, the, yeah, the, the 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 one that's actually somewhat pretty. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. We'll yeah, no. So so you know how Edmonton they played that like 
advertisement video of like the mountains and stuff. Yeah. yeah so we actually get to see those, unlike Edmonton, where it's like three <laughs> hours away. <laughs> I, I, I remember. I remember during the um, you know narrowing down process for figuring out where these subsidies are going to be, and like Vegas was the front runner for the West and like for the longest time. And you know, I was thinking like, if you're a hockey player, it's like, man, you get to go to Vegas. You know, warm weather. You know, you got the casinos nearby. Although I, I don't know if they'd be allowed to actually play in them because of you know COVID reasons. Yeah. Um, but then it's like you know, all of a sudden you go from Vegas and then you go from like Vancouver, which is you know gorgeous. Um, you know, the, and the mountains are like literally, literally right there. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wait, sorry, you're going to Edmonton. You're going to <laughs> the lovely world of Edmonton. Yeah. I mean, at least they're uh, coming here when it's summertime and it's not like their usual trips to Edmonton where there's like three feet of snow and it's uh, a little, <laughs> I mean, little chilly out there. Yeah, like you kind of brought up the fact that like Vegas would have been beautiful. Vegas would have been way too hot right now. It's actually beautiful here right now. I mean, I, I'm wondering like, I mean, you can't skate on water, you know, and, yeah. I, and I'm, I would honestly worry about that ice, you know, especially with so many games being played. I was like, one of the early, uh, you know, issues with this, you know, the, the, you know, the return to play is that the ice in both places seems to be a little choppy. Yeah. And that's was, because yeah. we have so much hockey being played on the ice. Exactly. I couldn't imagine trying to do this in like another 10 or 20 degrees. Oh, it'd be brutal. It'd be absolutely brutal. You can only uh, run so much AC. Exactly, exactly. And, and trust me, I'm a testament to that living in an older St. <laughs> Louis apartment on the second floor with window units. You know, that's it's, it's, it's the way. It, 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 thankfully, they work pretty well. So See, it's, Brett, Brett is a nice host. and He's very nice with the studio here. And it's a it's a balmy like, I think, 19 degrees in the basement. So I don't know. You, you <laughs> can do the Fahrenheit conversion if you want. But I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not a lot of St. Louisans know how to convert Fahrenheit to uh, Celsius, unfortunately. 19 Celsius to Fahrenheit, that would be a 66 degrees. Yeah, there you go. Fahrenheit, which is actually pretty cool. It's nice. That's, that's oh, man. Brett, <laughs> Brett runs it. Like, when he goes to bed, I think he runs it at, like, I don't know, probably 60 degrees maybe at night. Dude, yeah. I mean, it sounds, <laughs> I mean, sounds like me and him could be related because, I mean, <laughs> I, I, cause like, like, the way my apartment's configured, I, uh, you know, I have uh, one AC unit in my living room and one in my bedroom, and I keep my bedroom door closed and the AC running in it gotcha. you know because because thankfully i live in a place where utilities are included in my rent so i can pretty much just run it yolo yeah. feel free yeah. uh but then it's like you know the whole idea of it is like whenever i do go to bed it's like i walk in it's like i'm walking into a meat locker gotcha. but it's like that's how i sleep that's how i it's sleep perfect. i can't sleep it's warm um by well, the way start by the blues here nice zero shots on goals six and a half minutes in yeah it's, uh, just they're, they're getting warmed up like yeah. uh you know like hey frig off don scully cannot be hurt already no way. He's going. <sighs> so he blocked shot. a shot. Okay. After watching that Jets game last night and seeing that their injury woes continued, I don't need this in my life for the Avs. Like, that's the whole <laughs> nice part about the break was that the Avs could catch up and everybody get healthy. Like, no broken legs or crap like that please thanks. well yeah i mean i think all blues fans here are watching with bated breath to make sure tarasenko doesn't get hurt again because right. you know the the idea was you know with that extra four months to I mean, because he was almost ready to come back in mid-march um uh, but there still would have been like some question about oh is he you know i mean like is the, is the shoulder fully healed is he ready yeah. with that extra four months basically all indications are that shoulder unless something fluky happens again that ain't ripping again like it did before so you know knock on Fingers wood crossed. knock on wood 
I don't want anybody to get hurt. I want this to be the healthiest Stanley Cup playoffs ever. I agree. Nice. I agree. That would be nice. It's like uh, it, it's it's such a unique time that everybody's healthy going into the playoffs. I just would like it to stay that way. Oh, I I, I definitely would too. And I, I was a little bit worried because I was watching the uh, um, Arizona game earlier. Which, by the way, Yotes win four to three. Let's go. Screw them, Preds. <laughs> yep. Um, but one thing I did notice is that the the Coyotes were blocking a lot of shots, like especially down the stretch. It's like everyone was like throwing their bodies in front of the puck. You know, that'll, that'll happen when you try to blow a 4-1 lead. That's true. That's <laughs> I, I, I did get the sense of desperation on the hands of on the part of Arizona. I mean, yep. you know, they yeah, that was I mean, what you think of that game. So, I mean, it's like, it's like Arizona. I thought they 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 came out swinging. They looked strong. And I it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of blues hockey a little bit because the blues love blowing two or three goal leads. <laughs> you know, they just love it. It's like it's, yep. it's like uh, the abs do, too. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, but it's like, like, do you, do you think? I mean, do you think with with Nashville coming back towards the end of that game, you think that um, you know this is still going to be a close series? Yeah, I do. It's uh, if you think that the higher seeded Nashville team, yes, it's not really like, yes, they're higher seed, but we know what Nashville is like this year. They were not a good hockey team, definitely a lot, like big portions of the year. Not what they are regularly. Yeah. Anyway. I'm it's definitely not going to be a three nothing sweep like there this game's going or this series is going four or five. Oh, totally uh but at the same time like it's the question of goaltending with Nashville all the time not not that Soros was at fault for three of the four goals but well like that, that first one was just like <laughs> what the what the hell somebody shoved a very large horseshoe up yes. Ekman Larson's ass yeah, and 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 and, and, it, and it was apparently uh, Duchesne's horseshoe because it bounced off yeah. of Duchesne. We know, man. Duchesne is just Duchesne is like the anti good luck charm. Oh Pretty man! Simple. So the well, fact that, that it went off of him is extra funny. Well, that explains a lot about how the Predators were playing up until like the last month or so. Yeah, pretty much. Right? It's just uh, I don't like, like you said, like it's it'll be nice to watch the Predators get knocked out if that is the case. But at the same time, I'd really like the National Predators in the first round just because it'd be an easy out, I think. Knock on wood question, you know? That's just, true. And, with, and, and, I, and I guess the other thing, other concern I'd have is that, you know, what if they get Lafreniere? If they, if they also, get yeah. Right. Which, that I mean, all- they're kind of a team that would deserve it, opposed to, like, the Oilers. Looks like Donskoy's okay. Yeah, I think Donskoy's good. Okay. Yeah, they just showed him back on the bench bench here as well. Shaking it up. Right, because, like, Nashville doesn't really have – like, they have Philip Forsberg, obviously, sure. But, like, that wasn't a drafted prospect. That was a gifted trade. Right. Right? So, it's like, I wouldn't be super upset if they got him. Yes, obviously, for us as, you know, division mates, it wouldn't be nice. But, like, compared to some of the other teams that may may lose this round, Nashville's okay with me. Well, yeah, they're still competitive, and, and I mean, but the, the only issue with Nashville is number one, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Lafreniere that much in the season. <laughs> I think he's going to be really good. And number two, yeah. it's like from, from a marketing standpoint, isn't you know a French Canadian superstar in Nashville kind of wasted? <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. And it's it's yeah. going to be funny going through all these playing series because that's in the back of your mind, you know. It's like, oh well, okay, if this team loses this playing series, then oh, Lafreniere. Well, it's like go. watching the Oilers lose game one. It's like, oh, this is Here hilarious, but fuck me if they get Lafreniere. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I, I re- 
I would if Nashville gets Lafreniere, so Chicago doesn't. Like if that's the way fate works, I'm okay with that. I don't want to see Lafreniere in a Chicago uniform. This is this is like, very true. I will. Yeah, I would much rather see him in a Nashville jersey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah kind of, like, not only that, but it's like you know, Chicago still has Taves. They still have Kane. They st- and they and, and Kubalik is probably going to be the next the next superstar in this league based on how he's playing. He is five, a five points in that player. first game. Yeah, yeah. five points. Jeez, that was man, crazy. Redonkulous. Yeah. I mean, the last one was kind of lucky, but wow. yeah, uh, like Chicago a, was just really good. But again, Edmonton was really bad. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a record-setting performance for a rookie, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I guess, and it it kind of pains me that they call this the playoffs, playoffs already. I I don't know how it, I, if I agree with that or not, but it is I every guess. time I watch. But it's not like, but it's not, not the regular season either, though. It's 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 like this weird limbo. Where yeah, yeah. So they, this is my problem, and I brought it up. I think on our last episode of the Offside by a Mile podcast. But it was it was like if the NHL is going to give the teams that get knocked out of the qualifiers a chance at first overall, this can't be the playoffs because playoff teams right. can't win the lottery. Totally so you can't. You you can't do both, right? Like I think the teams that lose the qualifiers deserve a shot at the first overall pick because that's the lottery every single year. But you can't then also say they made the playoffs. Right. This, yeah. This, this doesn't work. And it's so NHL to do something like that and yeah, just totally. make a mess of things. Like we've said a million times. Yeah. I mean, like, like what if, you know, what if Montreal completes their, you know, game one, in my opinion, I thought they, they looked way better than Pittsburgh did. You know, what if what if Montreal advances and Pittsburgh is out and then they get Lafreniere? Shoot me. That, well, I mean, I mean, there's there's so many situations yeah. that you have here, like whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's Chicago, that it's just like you just you, you you almost just physically get ill at the thought of Lafreniere playing for those teams. Yeah, because they're still good teams. You know, Chicago, and, Chicago like, Edmonton and Pittsburgh make me sick. Yeah. And, yeah. And and all three of those would uh, like jumpstart like a kind of a refresh of those rosters too, uh, except right? for the oilers <laughs> yeah. oh, totally. but like yeah you put a, you put them on pittsburgh or chicago that's like they they have a really good mentor as well in yeah. both those captains to kind of you know groom them into a player that they could be and it, that's scary that is scary terrifying yeah very terrifying just oh let's kickstart another chicago dynasty here we go yeah oh yeah. god See, that, no and, thanks and that, and that's kind of the thing with Chicago. I mean, at the same time, they, they have so much dead money, you know, or dying money. If you know, you look at yep. Keith and Seabrook that I wonder, I mean, what, what is the chances they even have another dynasty until those contracts expire? Oh, they shouldn't have another one. And for, I, they probably, I mean, really in, in the grand schemes of chance, like percent chance, like they probably won't have another dynasty like this. It's really hard to do that. Right. But obviously, yeah, with Keith and Seabrook on the books, there's no way. But at the same time, adding a stud like Lafreniere on an entry-level deal, that's a good way to start it. It is. And getting getting young, cheap talent, which is kind yeah. of how the Chicago Blackhawks were able to keep their dynasty going, exactly. was yeah. they had yeah. to shed some of their higher-priced bottom six guys, yeah, right. you know, like, the, like the Dave Bolins of the world. And then they, they can bring up, like, uh, um, you know, Tara Vinen. You know, how many instance. teams can get rid of a guy like Dustin Bufflin and not miss a beat? And Andrew Ladd and, and Jalmerson. Yeah, and Jalmerson is uh, gone. Like Brian Campbell, when he was clicking, was 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 a big yeah, part of that run too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, like, imagine if they still had Panarin. Like, <laughs> oh god. 
yeah. Right? Like the the it's amount of talent, the sheer volume of talent that's gone through there. If they got lucky and won the lottery again, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> It, it would just it would just be an absolute nightmare scenario and it's just but it's also you know i mean you know all hate aside um chicago has one of the best organizations in terms of you know front office and scouting that i can think of because they can continue to find these diamonds in the rough and they can yep. continue churning out these young kids it's just they're still i mean i they're they're, they're never going to be like detroit bad um no. i don't know if they'll ever be like boston good but, you know, they'll probably still, I mean, they're still going to be competitive, I think. You know, especially as Kuba League develops. They still got the Brin kit. Um, well, you know, like, is, is Patrick Kane going to age ever? No. <laughs> like, no, he doesn't, doesn't seem like it. He seems like a guy, like, um, not, not the same type of player, but, like, you know, he could be like a Gary Roberts, you know, where he plays well into his 40s. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, again, different style, but just, you know, you know, just kind of that kind of thing. I mean, because Kane's not an aggressive guy. I mean, he's not a no. checker. He's not a hitter. He's smart. He usually doesn't get rocked very much. Um, so it's it's yeah. He's he'll be in the league. For, I mean, he'll justify that contract. Oh yeah. Even, even in the last year when it's still you know when he's you know I I think he'll be what like thirty seven thirty eight I think when his yeah. yeah he'll still be good. Like uh, obviously, Captain Serious is a little harder on stats to yeah. justify that contract. But again, like, if you're a Blackhawks fan, you can never be mad at those contracts because of what they gave you beforehand. Yeah, Taves is like the ultimate intangibles guy, yeah. you know, where it's just like, you know, you you look at his stat sheet and you think, yeah, he's good. You know, I mean, he's not, you know, Crosby good, but... He's a fine um, player. He is. But and, but, 10 but plus he, million is not for a fine player. And what he brings to, you know, his team, you know, I think he's he, he's he's a tremendous leader. Um, which, by the way, I, I should point out that with about seven minutes left to go in the first period, most of our watch party chat has been about the Blackhawks. Um, maybe could we steer away from that just a little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I like talking about positive about the Blackhawks here in St. Louis. This, this is true. Uh, so uh, I'm noticing that Tyson Jost actually made the starting lineup today for the Avs, which right. is he really? very surprising. It makes me think that there's a unfit to play in there somewhere. I believe it's Nieto that got shot out of the lineup oh, yeah, there, okay. which is weird because Tyson Jost for the last, I don't know, three weeks of camp looked like the odd man out. It was looking that way, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of surprised with that. But again, fourth line minutes, I haven't seen him much, so we'll see. Also, there was a super solid abs power play there that uh, amounted to about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. But much to the relief of uh, Blues fans everywhere. Also, shots are 11-2 right now. So, By the way, if, you, if, you're, if you're watching on Facebook right now and you want to call in and actually be a part of Blue Notes, uh, number right above my finger here, 314-329-4349. 314-329-4349. Call it, text it 24-7. Uh, you can call it now, and I can get you on live on Blue Notes. Uh, like This is one of the reasons why I'm doing this, is so I can have some maybe some potential caller interaction. Awesome. I mean, I, I, I won't be like Devin Snow in uh, you know, New Orleans anytime soon. <laughs> did, with, you with, see, did you see his call from earlier today? With the uh, guy no, that with, was singing Mr. Brightside and then totally just blew it? No, I didn't. Oh, sorry. man, you got to find that tweet later and just okay. watch it. It is hilarious. Gosh, uh, our, our, <laughs> friend, our, our friend Devin Snow, by the way, one of uh, our uh, hosts of Rippin' Biscuits on the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, say what you will, will about the Predators. <clears throat> they suck. 
But, um, you know, Excuse Devin, me. I, I always listen to Rippin' Biscuit just because Devin and Craig, uh, Craig Granger, are a hoot. Yeah. Oh, my. Sure. Yeah, they are. They are a couple of entertaining bastards, that's for you, sure. You may not get the hardcore hockey content you're looking for on Rippin' Biscuits, but you're going to get some good quality content of something. But it's all yeah. good. It's all an good. aggressive little pre-hit by, I think that was McCarr. Yeah. Tossing the body I, around. He starts to thinking, do that more and more this year, hey? I was definitely we thinking on. there was an interfer- interference call coming there. Yeah, he, he, I just I just caught up to that hit. By the way, yeah, he, he took Blay out. That's uh, that's that's hard to do because Blay's not a guy that gets knocked off the puck real easy. Yeah, that's the thing that that's one of the really surprising things I find with McCarr is the fact that of our six defense, like our top six, he is sometimes the most physical of the six, and it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not his M.O. No, he is a skilled defenseman, and he'll, he'll be the guy. There'll be six – or there'll be, you know, power play, whatever. There'll be a guy planting his ass in front of the net, and Makar will be the one guy to move him. And you're just like, what? It, it just, yeah, exactly. And, it, it, and it's so – and that kind of goes into the whole Makar versus Hughes argument for, for rookie of the year. And, you know, everyone points out to analytics and how, you know, Makar's defense and metrics aren't as good as Hughes. But uh, – um, what do you what, what do you what do you think about that argument? I mean, do you do you think it, it should be McCarr or do you think it's Hughes? I mean, obviously, super biased opinion, but I think it's McCarr. <laughs> I think I think McCarr deserves it on merit, never mind bias. But the the defense, like obviously, it's hard. I don't watch Quinn Hughes nearly as much as I watch Kel McCarr. That Man. being said, I find McCarr's impact on the two hundred feet of the ice is so much more than Quinn Hughes. Gotcha. But I think he deserves. I think he deserves the the Calder. It, yes, uh, you got Quinn Hughes with more points, but he's also got more games played. Yes, McCarr is hurt, but the the points are so close that I don't think you can really call that in it like one way or the other with points. Exactly. Exactly. And then like Kale McCarr is just so explosive. The amount of overtime, just unreal plays he's made this year. Of that stands out for us, obviously. I don't yeah, know, Jared, he's a, what do you he's, got? He's a heck of a player, Jared. I mean, he's he's just uh, like what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Clutch, basically. Yeah. Uh, if if there's someone to bring the heat, it's it, it's him and McKinnon. Like I I don't know who else is the driving force on this team other than those two, especially when especially this the year. play is needed. Well, this year everybody got hurt for long stretches except for McCarr and McKinnon. Well, and the off, yeah, yeah, and the offense was there the entire time still. Because and like, why? So there, there was the stretch in the end of the year where McCarr got hurt, and it was just McKinnon trying to pull the load because uh, Rantanen was hurt too, and it clearly dropped off. Where the rest of the year, McCarr and McKinnon together kind of kept the Abs afloat. Yeah, it didn't matter who was playing with McKinnon. Yeah, which he played with about like I don't know nine different players <laughs> throughout the year, but uh, it didn't matter. Like you, you throw that top line out, uh, top D line out uh Graves and McCarr or yeah Graves and McCarr and you got McKinnon and didn't matter who else was on the ice because McCarr's flying up there and that's the other thing too is like the huge chemistry between McKinnon and McCarr like it's pretty crazy because usually I don't know there's some sometimes there is those forward and you know D chemistry kind of pairings but they just developed it so quick and I, I think it's just because they have that similar attitude and drive on the ice where it's just like let's get this done now then you also have the quinn hughes arguments where well he doesn't have an Nathan mckinnon to play with um <laughs> last time i checked Pedersen's pretty good 
Yeah. <laughs> True. Maybe not quite as good. As not McKinnon, quite as good, but, but like <laughs> Patterson's a game breaker too. Yeah. I mean, Quinn Hughes is a hell of a player too. We know that. And we it, can't. It's a legitimate that. conversation that should yeah. be happening. But if Makar doesn't get it, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, we were just talking about the physical play of Makar too. And like that really started to show up about, I don't know, 20 games into the season when he started laying big hits and like throwing his hips out there. And you're like, holy shit. Okay. He could throw his body around too. And he's not a small kid by any means. Right. So I think that's another edge up on Quinn Hughes. Cause I don't, I haven't really seen a lot of physical play by Quinn Hughes. Like I'm sure he's like, he, he's a defensively sound, you know, player in his own end, but he, he's not got that edge. I don't think. Yeah, it's, kind of, car. It's, it's kind of funny. You mentioned that, you know, you're, you're, you're surprised by how Makar is physical. I feel the blues kind of have the opposite issue with uh, someone like Pareko. Um, you know, Colton Pareko is this big, big guy. I mean, he's a big defenseman, big, physically imposing. Sometimes you wish he was more physical. You know, he, he's right. one of those defenders where it's like, you know, I, I feel he does enough in that regard. But there are definitely situations where it's like you just want him to, you know, lay the lumber on the guy or maybe do a little bit more clearing out, you know, the you know front of the net. And uh, he just it's not that he's passive. It's just he's 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 not oh. He doesn't have a, that killer mentality. Sorry. Uh, I, 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 is there going to be some good news from, for you, Blues fans coming soon? You, you might want to. Yeah, you might want to watch for a sec. <laughs> that was a great shot. Yeah. Oh, surprise. Perron. Perron! Yeah. Let's go! I didn't even see the penalty, so I can't even comment on why they were short. That's a really, yeah, really, really, shot. really nice shot. one nothing, St. Louis. Perron... The guy, the guy, I, it's hard to say with a guy like Perron that he had like a breakout year, but I feel in a lot of ways this year, he broke out in a lot of ways just because I mean, he's, he's never been known up until now as like a super deadly sniper. And it's just like, because he hasn't been that. No, he's been like a playmaker, (laughs) kind of a, you know, jack of all trades, kind of a forward, um, you know, maybe a moxie forward if it, you know, for, for lack of a better term, but, uh. Yeah, lighting the lamp, one nothing early on, and and this is you know for Blues fans, um, you know if you're if you're watching now on Facebook, chime in. Are are you are you relieved that the Blues have finally scored in the post, or I guess in the uh, COVID era? You know, <laughs> this is their first goal since That's true. You know they didn't they got blanked against right. Chicago. So, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, yeah, uh. Binnington, I think, played pretty well against Chicago. Yeah. Uh, are you worried about him at all? You know, I, honestly, I think the break has probably helped him a little bit um, just simply because I think there was, um, you know, a couple times during the season uh, where he was tired. Um, I, I think it was just maybe him just uh, adapting to being the full-time number one. Uh, for the first time in his life, and thankfully the Blues are here right now because Jake Allen played so well in his in his when he, in those moments where he just you know couldn't go. Um, yeah. But you know he's had four months off, and um, his attitude's mostly the same. The guy never, I think he has like one emotion, you know, in his body. Yeah. I mean, he's just super chill. Um, yeah. But 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 physically, I think he's well rested. I think he's ready to go. Um, it's good knowing that you have Jake Allen behind him, which I would not have said that, you know, this time 18 months ago. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I think, it, I think this is probably, they're going to ride Bennington, I think. Oh, get that off the ice. 
Oh, that's a nice save by Bennington. You'll see in a sec. All right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeing the play develop from the back of the uh, Av zone here. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the Fox Sports app tends to be a pretty delayed. This is, the, this is like a known thing with it. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> if he got it off the ice, it might have helped. Rantanen got robbed. Uh, yeah, but you're right. If, if Rantanen did get some loft on that, that's, that's going over his glove. But still, hell, hell of a sprawl by Bennington to yeah. get out there. Yeah. Man, I really need the Avs penalty kill to not be absolute trash. Like, really, really need that. Because, man, this 50% success rate thing is just not going to happen. It, 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 it's, it's, it's ruining your vibe, huh? Oh, yeah. Also, it's super good to see Sammy Gerrard out there. <laughs> that, was, that was a concern, not seeing him in the exhibition game. And it's just like, oh, no. Like, we're going to need him. Yeah. It's like our... I mean, behind Makara, top, you know, playmaking, puck-moving defenseman out there. So, And he's been so just sound this year, you know. Man, that is a tough period. That is tough. It's a good well, opener. I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. 16 shots with the abs in a period. and We've been here, right? Out. We've been here. I think, yeah, I think this, this, this answers the question, is Bennington going to be fine? Yeah, there like, you go. Yeah, <laughs> I expect him to be fine. I, like, it's, he's the terrifying part of the Blues. Like, yeah. yes, as as scary as it is for the for the Blues to add Tarasenko, from what uh, us as as fans have seen all year, Bennington is still the scariest part because oh. he's such a stud. And well, and, obviously we saw it last year. And we've talked about we talked about this last week on the episode with Mike from Clean Skate is how much a goalie can take over a playoff series, right? Yeah. Right. Like, right. like more so than any other position, a goalie can win a series. I'm not saying Grubauer needs to stop that Perron shot, but if he did, <laughs> it would, would right? be nice. Like, <laughs> that would be very nice. We'd be Bennington very nice. didn't have to stop that nice shot at the end there, right? Like, <laughs> so, uh, so it's just it's painful. Well, so 16 shots, Avs can't crack. I mean, you you you're coming off the exhibition uh, where you won three to two. I mean, any concerns about your scoring? Uh, no, I mean, we had some good looks there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too concerned over the course of the season. We went through a lot of these first periods where there's a lot of offense, a lot of shots, a lot of good opportunities. And, you know, we would get concerned a little bit like, okay, well maybe we got a hot goalie, which we did run into some cases like that. Ben Bishop. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but in my opinion, I think we're going to see this more of the same throughout the, the second and the third, and I'm sure we can hopefully get one by Bennington here. Well, as a Blues fan, and, and again, having watched the uh, the, the uh, Coyotes game earlier, where the Coyotes, you know, aside from the score sheet, you know, they they were pretty dominated by the Preds in the shot category, and yet we saw, you know, the Preds able to claw their way back in. You know, as a Blues fan, I'm watching – um, you know, this, you know, knowing the blues got outshot 16 to four and I'm definitely not comfortable after the first period at all, you know, going in there with a one, nothing lead. Um, and especially knowing what the abs are, are capable of on offense. Um, they need the, the, the blues have had issues at times this year and it's been, it's kind of unblues like actually. Um, but it's, it's, they've had issues with allowing too many shots on net. And as we know, that can that can really lead to some pain and suffering. 
eventually one's going to find it if you shoot 40 times generally exactly i mean it, it just it, it's it's like the old saying just put it on the net put it on the net you know you know e- even if it's not a perfect shot there might be chaos in front um so yeah one nothing st louis after the uh first period here and uh we're actually for the live stream we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back um I don't know if you guys know this, but we have a Hawaii hockey correspondent that's a part of the uh, of Blue Notes. We have a nice. Hawaiian hockey fan, uh, and we have him. And his name is Guy, and he calls himself a Hawaii Blues fan. And uh, we he has a segment on our shows every week going forward where he uh, talks about the current state of the Blues or just whatever's on his mind. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like our Charles Osgood, you know, like our commentator or like a Paul Harvey. You know, actually, I realize I just mentioned two names that you probably have no idea who they are being in Canada. Nope. So, uh, <laughs> okay, he's our Don Cherry. How about that? There, okay. Oh, right, oh. right. uh, my, 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 minus the controversy. Minus so I was, was going to say. Minus the PC <laughs> controversial. Right. So, so, so we're, we're, we're going to play that here right now. And then uh, after we show some love to another one of our Hockey Podcast Network uh, podcasts, uh, you heard them last week here on Blue Notes. Sporty with Corey and Richie. I'm Corey Grantrow. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game, this game, is, this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually make me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Aloha! My name is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report. And this is my Aloha commentary. Tom and Wags, what a week we have had. Amazingly enough, it started with John Shaka. Shaka, I probably said that wrong. I'm good at last, bad, bad at last names, I should say. Good at being bad at last names. The youngest GM in the league decided to quit with Arizona. Kind of surprising. I mean, he just signed an extension less than a year ago. Um, I think some of this has to do with the lowball offer to Taylor Hall. There was definitely some disagreement or uh, uh, difficulty in, in, in the alignment or the way things were supposed to go. Uh, bad ownership is bad ownership, and a good GM can never overcome that. Good ownership is good ownership, and a bad GM can destroy it. Well, the Blues have a pretty good GM. Now, uh, Doug Armstrong is the third or fourth longest tenured, or fourth or fifth longest tenured GM in the NHL right now. And he has done a lot of good. I know we love to bitch as Blues fans about get rid of Armstrong, get rid of Armstrong. Man, the, 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 the Armstrong Boers and the Armstrong naysayers were out in force last year. They've been gone since then, but they were out in force. For the most part, Armstrong's done a great job. He's made great moves, and the best thing he did was not make a move. In 2019, when everybody said, trade him away, he said, no, this is who I'm going to bat with, 
and he raised the cup. Well, you got to give him credit. He's done a good job. He said the right things. One negative I have, and it's kind of a personal thing, is he does not believe that us podcasters and YouTubers and that are real media. I get that. I really do. But you know what? Give us a chance. Let us prove to you that you're right. Or let us prove to you that you're wrong. Start giving some of us, in a rotating basis, the opportunity to ask the right questions, the opportunity to ask good questions, and not to go up and go, you rock, dude. No, I don't think that's who we are. The last thing I want to talk about, before we talk about the game, I should say, <laughs> is the power rankings. The, um, I know a lot of people don't put a lot into the power rankings. However, I kind of like them. And one of the reasons that I like them is that they give you an ideal of what the nation thinks of your team. So it gives you an overall view of what insiders think about your team. The NHL.com, under news, they have the Super 16, or the Power 16, I think they're called. And they ranked this week the remaining 24 teams in the best 16. Number one, at 191 points, were the Boston Bruins. I th good pick. You know what? President's Trophy, they've been solid. They look solid in the pregame. They, they had a little issue in their uh, warm-up, but they're a good team. Coming in one point behind at 190 were the St. Louis Blues. This tells you that the national media – and those are the guys that vote on this for NHL.com, or they're at-large writers, really believe that the Blues are a strong team. Of those writers, four of them picked the Blues at number one. Nobody, nobody had the Blues lower than four. And, you know, the Avalanche got a couple of votes. The Avalanche, well, number three was um, Tampa Bay at 187 points. And really, the surprise was the Avalanche were number four at 170. So that tells you that they were ranked a little lower, even though some of them had them at number one. It gives me just – I like it. I like seeing it, and it helps me understand what those guys are thinking in some ways. Uh, Mike Zeisberger, uh, one of uh, the gentlemen that I've had on board, uh, had on my show, he had the Blues ranked second, and I think – uh, Tampa Bay first. So that's your, that's your saying. So let's get into the big news and the big thing. Today is the Avalanche and the Blues. This is game five, what COVID-19 robbed us of. Uh, this is a play-in or a round-robin game, not a playing game. So it counts, but it doesn't count. We're in the first round. We got to buy just what our seating are. Um, the Blues have got to clean up the neutral zone. Got to be a lot tighter in the neutral zone. Um, we want to see them do that four-checking, heavy-hitting game and negate some of the avalanche of speed. Uh, prediction. Well, I'm going – and I've been back and forth, flipped the coin a couple of times. I think the Blues are going to end up winning this a tight game, three to two, and something that bodes well for the Blues, Grubauer's in goal. They've lit him up the last two times they've seen him. Well, Tom and Wags. I appreciate you guys allowing me to come on each week. Um, I love your show. I'm going to try and promote it a little more. I love what you do for me. And this is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, saying 
aloha, mahalo, and you got to know that I am bleeding blue with you. By the way, you can find the, U the Blue Note Fan Report at www.youtube.com backslash C backslash Blue Note Fan Report. One word. That's right. I got my own URL. So please like it, subscribe, and I'll see you on the next Aloha Commentary. And a big aloha and a mahalo to uh, Guy Bensing, the Hawaii Blues fan. Thank you so much for that commentary. Picking the Blues to win 3-2. to two. And uh, so far, guys, he's, he's on track for that. But obviously, you're hoping it might the score might be flipped on that. Yeah. Yeah, de uh, definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's, but I'm still, you know, it's, it, it goes down to what I said before, and that is the, the, the Blues tend to allow a little bit too much funny business in their own zone and they allow shots to get through. And it's just like, you know, as good as Jordan Biddington is and as good as he can be, he's not Patrick Waugh. You know, Patrick Waugh was a guy, you know, I remember, uh, actually, I remember a few games, uh, guys, back in the, uh, uh, playoffs. I think I want to. I want to say it was 2000 or 2001 or so. The Blues and Avs were playing. I think in the Western Conference Finals, and there was a game where I think the Blues put at least 55 or some some ungodly number on Patrick Waugh. Couldn't. I mean, they got like one goal. You know, Patrick Waugh was that damn good. You know, he was. And, uh, he was one of those goalies that, like, like when he got in the zone. And he got in Patrick Waugh, like, focus zone, and he's just so engaged. Like, he was one of those goalies that was almost impossible to beat sometimes, you know. You're literally going to have to run him over to score a goal. Like, like him, him and Dominic Hasek really, <laughs> really had that, I think, you know. Definitely, uh, definitely. I guess we could kind of throw Broder in there just because. But, like, but, <laughs> but especially Waugh just because of that raw, just emotional engagement that he had. It was – pretty insane and amazing to watch you know yeah definitely that that's one thing about patrick waugh is that he was definitely emotional yeah <laughs> you know i mean he definitely sometimes he let the emotions get the better of him at times but uh you know it, it kind of I, I look at a guy like waugh who you know always had a chip on his shoulder and then i look at a guy like jordan bennington who's more of the, the the cool calm collected guy and it's just like you know you know tyler you've you know you know goalies you've, you've been a goalie yourself i mean you know, do typically do the emotional types, you know, do better or, or do you prefer your goalies to be kind of cool, calm and collected? I think I think everybody wants every, every and every player, every athlete in every sport, I think, is better off to be emotionless. Yeah, just because you're more consistent. <clears throat> but the highs of Patrick Waugh were so high because of the way he was emotionally, right? It, I think the biggest guy lately is David Riddick that you can point to emotionally, right? Like we saw the stick flip and shit against the Oilers this year, <laughs> right? His fist pumps and stuff. But at the same time, <clears throat> you've seen David Riddick go the complete opposite way. <clears throat> Jeez. Blam. Rona. Rona. Yeah. Uh, 
you see the exact same thing with Riddick where when shit goes sideways, it goes sideways. And Patrick Wall had those nights too. We all know the Montreal Canadiens one, right? Like, well, I mean, not only that, but like, like Biddington has had nights where things have gone sideways. Like apparently he can't play in Denver. You know, we learned that here. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, your abs lit him up twice. That's, that's the thing. That's what I was curious about tonight or today. If you want to go, go there. Right. Yeah. Abs and blues played four times this year, twice in Denver, twice in St. Louis home team won them all. Yep. What was it going to be at a neutral site? Well, I don't okay. think it matters that much, but at the same time, some guys just can't do it in different buildings, right? Yeah. By the way, uh, I guess you're you're cool to stay for at least another period. Sure. All right. Yeah, uh, sure. We are, yeah. Well, we are now being joined finally, um, fresh off uh, playing uh, uh, on some ice himself, uh, the one, the only Wags. What's going on, Wags? Oh, not much. Exhausted, but good to see that we are up one to nothing. That's right. Although we are getting outshot sixteen to five, which is slightly concerning. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the one that counts is the is the goal one. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, that, that last I checked, they goals still count. So, um, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I think we should count shots. I don't know. <laughs> we just go to like NBA scores where it's literally just shots. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then at the end of the game, everyone gets a, part- a participation trophy. It's, it's yeah, of course. You know, and yeah, everyone wins. Nobody feels sad after the game. Yeah, yeah. Or in the case of Chicago fans, they don't feel sod after the game. So, <laughs> oh, awful. Oh man, awful. that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think I lost some viewers on Facebook for that. Yeah, yeah. I think this went from eight to four. So, that's, did you that's see not- the Vegas guys in their price puns last night? Uh, uh yeah. you, know, you know those those guys tweet so much. It's hard to oh. actually, like, keep track of them. Yeah, the, I think they tweeted like 150 times last night. I mean, seriously, wow. if the Hockey Podcast Network, is this, if this thing ever gets big enough and we need like a social media czar, I mean, they're the ones right there. Done. Yep. Finished. 100%. Yeah. But by the way, yeah, we're talking about our new uh, uh, host on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it's Andrew and Carlo with uh, a weekly nightly podcast. They are very active on Twitter. Just look up uh, weekly oh. nightly. And uh, we yeah, got that was a that was some extracurricular good stuff right there. Yeah, we got we are ourselves a little showcase showdown here. It's like Johnston's got a, got his arm around O'Reilly. <laughs> uh, he just ran Sanford yeah, face first like into the dash. We're gonna yeah, see it right now. Oh yeah, come on, what a dive! <laughs> <laughs> uh, in case you're just joining us, uh, our friends from uh, the Outside uh, by Mile podcast. Oh God, Sanford just got murdered. Landy, that's a bit there. greasy there, bud. That's yeah. a bit greasy. You're about, uh, by the way, the our friends from the uh, Offsides by a Mile podcast are about a half a minute ahead of us. Uh, maybe. We tried to pause it. We, you know, used the big okay. brains of the PVR. We got a little like, delay going now. Uh, so yeah, uh, Let us know when your still, puck drop is. Yeah, we're still a little bit ahead, it seems like. so. Let us so, know when your puck drop is, and we'll pause it a little more. All right. Uh, thankfully, Sanford's okay, but uh, yeah. he, he's seen better days. Um, I mean, we already saw some players go in kind of awkwardly skate first and stuff, right? So that was uh, a that was a little concerning, but he looks like he's okay, so that's good. And I guess that's a fair enough penalty. I mean, all right, so, so we're ten seconds ahead, yeah. Brett. Pause okay, so more. 
better than 30. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so boarding, yeah, I got buck dropped just now. Yeah. Boarding for Landis Gog 152 um, in the second period. Right. You got to press play. You but got. Oh, he, okay. mi- he missed that. <laughs> now oh. they're behind. That was the worst. <laughs> he paused it, pause it at the <laughs> moment he took that shot. <laughs> and we're just sitting there like, did that go in or what? Holding our breath here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love the the puck was midair. I'm like, uh, um. <laughs> okay, I think we're pretty close now, though. Oh, he completely missed. Yeah, it. he just really shanked that one. Oof. That was terrifying. That was the worst pause ever. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was so scary. So scary. I that puck was on end too. Yeah. yeah. All right, PK. Do oh yeah. Let's let's leave Braden Shen wide open. Yeah, that's a great plan. Yeah, you, you know, you know, I I I have Braden Shen caused me liver damage this year with with how much he was scoring. You know, because yeah. I was doing those right. you know shotgun Shens, shotgun which Shen. by the way. By the way, don't ever rip off anything from Vancouver and their fan base because they get really pissy about it. Yeah, they were big fans. Sounds like Vancouver fans. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't fans of what I was doing, and it, it was like, yeah, I better. Okay, fine. I, I don't want them to come down to St. Louis and start burning cars. <laughs> They'll do it. They do like to do that. They will absolutely burn your house down <laughs> <laughs> and their own. Professional. Yeah, their own while doing it. Yeah. Oh, now we're down a stick here. Oh, good. Pretty oh, much this... a five on three we got. <laughs> well, three and a half. Five on three and a half. We'll, we'll, yeah. we're, we're it's generous. five on three and a half on a good day when they have sticks. And not only that, but, you know, the guy without the stick is the one that's playing up on the, uh, you know, towards the blue line. So that's that's always oh, good Oh, thank save. you, Gerby. So, yeah. so, so who's 17 for Kyle Rowe? Is that Yossi? That's Jost. Yeah, Jost. Yeah, uh, I, I, it was funny. I was watching Jost, you know, out front there, and it's just like all he could do was like, you know, like, like I'm surprised he didn't do like the wacky inflatable <laughs> guy in front. I'm of him. distracting oh. you. <laughs> That's Some, I've uh, always wondered, and obviously the second period's a little tougher to do this, but I've always wondered when it's like first and third period, if you have no stick, just go to the bench and get one. Yeah, you're. So, uh, we we've we've seen it in that instance, and it not work out very very well. So. You know, it's definitely a risk, even in the first and third periods, because yeah. I mean, you're you're basically skating away. Even you're pretty much end of the bench, you're skating though. away. So I I'd rather have a body in front. Yeah, unless you get that split moment. I guess actually we saw one of those uh, in that Flames Jets games. I can't remember what Jet was without a stick for a mm, bit there, but Wags, he eventually you know how... got back to the bench. Wags, you know how good it feels to see Tarasenko firing shots and an opposing goaltender again. Uh, it feels amazing. It feels like forever since we. It, it, it gives really, me feels like what a year and a half ago. Well, it may, may as well have been. I mean, this. I mean, th- these last ten years in twenty twenty have just flown right by. Yeah. <laughs> if Terrible. that ain't the most truest statement I've ever heard. Well, I mean, it, it, it's so bad that like at the St. Louis Zoo, they just had a uh, baby elephant born like a month ago. Uh, well, guess what? It died today. No. You know? Proving that we can't have anything nice. No, you know, no uh, nice things in 2020. Great. No. Wilfred, Wilfred Brimley died. Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, so I actually dressed up as Wilfred Brimley a couple Halloweens ago. <laughs> and one of my friends goes, I guess you're uh, dressing up as the late Wilfred Brimley now. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not. It's not cool. So good. Did, did they say the cause of death for Wilfred Brimley was it diabetes? <laughs> if, it was, if it wasn't diabetes, I'm sad. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I, i'm sad i mean it's it's sad when he goes either way but it's like you know if he's gonna I, go I, he I, has I, I to go that I way though it's covid yeah i hope not i the, the covid is something i really don't wish on anyone no 
By, by the way, Wag, you actually had a, a COVID scare recently. Uh, my my dad actually tested positive for it. Ooh. Oh shit! Yeah, but thankfully he, you know, he's like fifty, and he is a healthy male. So he he had a fever for like two days. He slept for a day and a half. He had a cough. By about day four, he was kind of back up and going. Uh, just you know, a little lingering fatigue, that sort of stuff. But he's he's all well and good now. But yeah, it, it took us two and a half weeks to get a, a result on his test. Wow. Jeez. Well, and then wow. you had then he had yourself like a two week vacation from work. Uh, three, three week vacation three week. from work. Nice. Yeah, and now I gotta find out how I'm gonna get paid. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wags will be doing the next episode from a van down by the river. <laughs> I, I don't think I can afford a van. <laughs> I, I'm sure you can find like a rusted out one somewhere that like you know someone just abandoned. Cardboard box down by the river. I mean, I, I think I think if you go down to uh, you know Jefferson County, you know you can probably find one Wags. Oh yeah, no question there. <laughs> I say that as a Jeffco native. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff. Just in case you're wondering, guys, Je- Jefferson County's uh, where uh, some of our good old boys live. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I say that Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn, Calgary. Nice. A lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. of good people, but a lot of lot of what I call professional rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 seriously, they're, they're like they're like there's like a card carrying union for you know proper redneckdom. Awesome. But there's a lot of good people down there. I, I, I kid because I love. And also because we might have someone from Jeffco listening right now. So. Unfollow. <laughs> Unfollow. Wait, 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 wait. Do they, not, do they know how to work a computer? Uh, well, <laughs> oh, well, what not, me. not me. Not me. <laughs> All right. Enough picking on Jeffco. Here's Peron. Already got a goal tonight. I mean, this line is scary every time it's out there. They've been... They've been making some magic happen a little bit. O'Reilly and Perron are just magical, and yeah. and I and I'm glad that uh, they get great. Dash- Another PK coming. Yeah, and it's it, and it's interesting they have yep. Tarasenko with them, which is uh, you know for for the a lot of the year the Blues have had either uh, Zach Sanford or Sammy Belay with right. uh, O'Reilly and Perron just to be kind of like a decoy, and you know to, to kind of like clean up the riffraff. But now they're now they've added Tarasenko to that lineup, and that's. It's it's been pretty scary tonight. Yeah, we were wondering which what line Tarasenko was really going to play on. Uh, you know, Sanford has so much success with O'Reilly and Perron. Yeah, that we were thinking that was going to be the play because Blay has been playing with Thomas and uh, Bozak on yeah. that third line and uh, have looked really really good. So we were surprised. I think that Tarasenko was on that that top line, but you know, you got to get him in there and got to get his got to get his feet wet definitely and and it's and couldn't ask for two better line mates for that i was thinking he would go would have gone with schwartz and shen because that's historically where he's played right uh, but uh ruby obviously sees some sees things that we do not um of course craig ruby still has status where we don't ever question him um, <laughs> not, not just because he could beat the holy shit out of everyone here in this chat but uh, <laughs> uh, at at once um but you know he's 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 earned a lot of lot of leeway. Seriously, like like Baruby's like a like I I've had a chance to like interview him and like you know like you know do media scrums with him. He's he's a nice soft spoken guy, you know. Uh, but it's just that he has like one expression on his face, and it's like I'm gonna fucking murder you, you know. Expression. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to think of how different he was as a player. Like, yeah, he was that mm-hmm. facial expression, not the yeah. soft spoken guy. Like. 
And, and not only that, but as a player, like he was that, you know, just like that warrior type with, yeah. you know, like he, he was right up there with the Proberts, you know, and the, uh, you know, like the John Cordix. And like, I, I remember a fight with Greg Berube and Tony Twist. And then like right after Tony Twist got called up when he was wearing the number six for the Blues in the late 80s, uh, Berube just manhandled Twist like he was like, you know, playing with a child. You know, he would just he was a badass. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes like it's funny how like the Gretzky's of the world can't hack it as coaches, but yet like the Brubies can. Yeah, I'm blown away that Gretzky couldn't at least stick around. I know. Not that, like I don't know if he'd want an assistant coach or anything, but but like when, like when you think about it though, it's it's very rare for like a like a superstar like a Gretzky to actually make it as a head coach. You know, you don't see many of those. Like you know, you don't see like a. Uh, you don't see Mario Lemieux coaching, although he's nope. he owns the team, so he doesn't have to. Bury um, that. Oh. Dad, like not- this is not good now, though. Here we go. Counterattack. Good. Wow, good great play. Oh, thank you. Watch. I was like, if that's oh, not going interference, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, yeah, I think this is probably going to be interference on Schwartz. Yeah. Good play by Johnson there. Yeah, Our could- steady man back on the back end there. That was That was a good block, definitely. Very. That was uh, a scary one, three on one, and, and not and not good control by Schwartz there, running into the goalie like that. See here, he skates in, hops, <laughs> little hop. Yeah. Try to try to dodge to... the puck opposed to the goalie. Yeah, I guess I guess after the puck goes in, it doesn't matter what you do with the goalie afterwards. But you know, I think that that may have been his thinking there. But it's like <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Ow. That's not good. I mean, I'm hey, sure he's fine, fine. but. Yeah. <laughs> So Riley, not he's ideal. Not he's been through worse. He he he's been through a few years in Buffalo. So you All know, right. <laughs> that, that hurts as much. Let's as see if version two of the Avs power play can. Oh yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> Win the draw out of the zone. Good, good, good start. They just got to get uh, Makar rolling here. That's why you know. So yeah, yeah. Here he goes. You know, when they do this stupid draw pass. Yeah. Oh, uh, you guys hate the draw pass as much as I do. Does oh, every yeah. fan of like oh oh come oh. on. Shut the door, Jordan. I think you missed. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that drop pass a lot, watching the Flames especially. Is there too. any fan of the NHL that likes the drop pass? I, I'm not a, personally not a fan. It, 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 like, I get the theory, right? Because if you get everybody going and stopping at the blue line and you got this guy flying up, then you should be able to make them pay. But the right. fact that every NHL team does it, everybody knows how to defend it, and now it's useless. Totally, totally. Yeah, and then you and have that's my exact like thought. That. And I mean, there's there's different iterations that you can run with it, which we had talked about over the course of the year too. That like Chicago kind of did really well, was that they have that trailer come up, but then they also have another guy as like that you know side option oh. as another pass into the zone. I mean, I think there's different ways that you can implement it, but for the most part, most people know how to defend that now. So. Ooh, good. Oh, wow. He kept oh, that. Oh, I thought he kept that. Mm. That was close. Oh, and, and Sunquist is coming up lame, Wags. We have not seen that before. <laughs> uh, he's, oh, I mean, he's, he, he's a tough player, take, you know, take no shit kind of player, but he always seems to like be one of those guys that gets dinged up for one reason or another. Yeah, and it, um, it's always the, the weird injuries, too. It's not, you know, like a broken leg or a broken toe i mean it's like that and then, the broken inside and then I think the other we need to talk, i think we need to talk about that right there 
Bennington looking a little worse for wear after that one too. Yeah, we'll we'll monitor that. But but to Wag's point about Sunquist, I mean, if 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 he's not getting the weird injuries, he's getting murdered by Tom Wilson. So you know. Yeah, that. Oh right. my god, that hit! I forgot about well, that one. Two of them. I mean, yeah, he, true. I mean, this is this is the guy that like he he must be he, he must have like the magnet inside of him that Wilson's <laughs> just attracted to. Yeah, he just all Wilson knows where he is every single second of his shift. Exactly. Well, I mean, it, it was be a, a better power play than the first one, but not, not great. <laughs> yeah. This was. This is the going to be the death of me. Avs special teams for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a struggle. All five on five, long. they should be fine. And I mean, that's the thing too. Five on five play for the Avs has mostly been advantageous, but. Definitely got some woes in the in the PK and the PP. Super inconsistencies for sure. And that that seems to be what's going to win these games, and at least in the early rounds, because yeah. you're seeing so many penalties. I can't believe uh, how many penalties we're seeing. But then again, that's when you look at October hockey, quote unquote. That's the rusty part, right? Is stick play mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I guess it, it makes sense in in the grand scheme of things, but it doesn't fit the playoff hockey that we're expecting to see right uh blues beat writer jeremy rutherford tweeting out the blues have eight shots on goal four of them are on the power play three are even strength and one shorthanded and there is 921 left to go in the second period uh wags that's what i would call suboptimal. <laughs> yeah but to be positive it's one nothing. they are spreading it out They're, they are getting shots in every facet of the game i mean by the way, if you're watching the stream and we were a little laggy, I apologize for that. I think I've sorted it out, but I was getting some warnings on my OBS that there was some skipped frames. So hopefully that's remedied. As I continue to journey through the wonderful world of OBS and streaming technology, uh, uh, as Wags, as, uh, as, our, as our friends from uh, um, Offside by Mile can attest to, we started a little late. Because I was stupid enough to uh, download an update for OBS that broke my stream settings. Oh! But thankfully, I think in this update, or at least just now I'm just noticing it, they put in a wizard where you just click on it, it runs through your hardware and your settings and decides, okay, this is the way it's going to be. And it worked. So, thank God for that. But yeah, that was thank that was thank God for the little wizard. <laughs> that was that, that was some 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 nervy moments. That is for sure. Oh yeah, technology has not been kind on our on my other podcast. We've we've had so many issues with with Zoom or with connections, and it's it almost seems like there's something different I don't, every week. I don't think you can be a pro streamer until you've had like 150 different issues. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a new one every time, right? It's, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and not only that, but I, I just you know, in this COVID world that we're in, I mean, like. A lot of people that are watching now, or maybe even us, may not be home watching this. We might be at the game, or we're at a bar right now. So it's like, I feel like we're all learning, you know, how to do this sort of thing at once, you know? Pretty much. Because this might end up being like the new normal, at least for the next couple of years, where you sit at home and watch, you know, four guys on the internet, you know, while you... you (laughs) Well, well, one one thing we were talking about uh, earlier in the week on, on the other show I do is, we were talking about virtual reality. And, you know, the NBA is doing – I think they have, like, 13 games that they're doing virtual reality through Yahoo Sports. 
So you're, you know, you're sitting courtside watching the game as if you're there. We were wondering, do you, do you think that teams might go that route to increase their revenue stream in any way, shape, or form? I mean, yeah, it may lead to maybe smaller crowds at the arenas, but you, know, you could also, it's a secondary revenue stream for people that can't afford tickets or you know, it's sold out. Is a virtual reality setup something that, that might be kind of the wave of the future for sports in general? Well, I don't, I don't hate it. I think I would try it for sure. I mean, I think there's something there and maybe, you know, yeah, like you say, can't afford tickets or whatnot. Maybe there's certain disabilities that, you know, I think there's a lot. I think there's going. a lot of people that can't afford courtside. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. I mean, uh, and the way that it, VR and technology is going, man, it might be pretty cool. But if it works like that dumb Nashville Predators chant during the game earlier, uh, it's, it's a future I don't want to be a part of. Uh, agreed, hundred percent. Yep. Did, did you see? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, Wags? Oh yeah, I saw. I saw what you posted. I mean, look, and... The Preds are cringe enough, you know, and their fans are cringe enough. Okay, but that was just like that was like that was the top of Mount Vesuvius. It was. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was bad. Agreed. Yeah, I'll, that was. I'll I'll say this though. I, I can at least finally understand what they're saying. Kind of <laughs> sure. Once it, I mean once once, I mean, once once you hear them say it again, yeah, I mean, I couldn't I could understand it when the game was going on. Oh no! I, I mean, I went to a game there. I'd say maybe about ten years ago, and I couldn't understand a word their PA guy was saying the oh, entire yeah. time. Like he was like mumbling the whole time. Like, what are you just, trying to say? And everybody was al- going along with it. And I'm like, okay, just, I'm glad we got Tom Calhoun and, and his microphone. Yeah, pretty much. And, and 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 not only that, but like their sound system. At least when I went last year, Wags very bassy. You know, it was like mm-hmm. it was like every 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 time the guy spoke, like the ground shook. You know, so it, it, was, it was just, it was, I mean, Brett, you know, from Offside by a Mile, who handles the audio, would not have approved. No. <laughs> no, he, he would have been disgusted. Oh, very much. Yeah, it, it just, it was just, yeah, it, it's, I, I the, the thing with the Preds and, and their games, you know, having gone to Bridgestone is like, I, I kind of get it just because it's their identity. And for the longest time, they literally did not know how to market hockey in Nashville. So they decided to make their own thing. So it's like, great, fine. But uh, uh, for other fans, we can't appreciate it. You know, it's just like there's there's things that teams do that you can kind of appreciate about their in-game presentation. Um, but I can't appreciate what the press do, but it works for them. Yeah, uh, a lot. I think part of the part of the North American sports, like live sports issue, like I personally love the chance. I'm not saying I love Nashville's chance. I just – I think it's really cool when you like see some of the European soccer stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's like, man, some of the shit that they do is crazy. And I, mean, I understand I, that's to fill the boring times of soccer for sure. <laughs> I became a Liverpool fan just because I watched video of 50,000 fans singing this relatively obscure 60s song. You'll never walk alone. And I would just, my mind was blown. That's crazy. And I was like, man, I got to be a part of this. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> The the extent of the creativity aside from Nashville is just go blues go or go abs go or some garbage like that. Like that's the extent of our chanting in hockey. Go blues, you know, for us, you know. <laughs> uh, like like if they could get if the if the blues could get something going where, you know, we've got the country road thing, which but that's I know doesn't doesn't make sense. Doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't make sense. But if they were to do something along the lines where 
someone were to come up with some sort of chance and they were able to get the crowd involved like that, I feel like that's where that organic part of it comes yeah. from. I feel they kind of tried that with the new Goals song from The Urge, um, but it's still just a variation of Let's Go Blues. So, yeah. you know, it, it's um, like I, I the, the closest I think we got to having a sing-songy thing like that was Gloria. Yeah, because yeah. fans too. were more than happy to belt that out in the arena, but... I understand why they retired it because that was the song of that season. You know, they, they it's, it, it was, it, it worked for that season, but they had to move on. I feel like winning the cup probably, you know, put a, put a close to that era a little bit easier. By, by knows, the way, who knows? Do you, do you guys know what the successor to glory is in St. Louis? You know, when, when, when they, when the blues return to the locker room after a win party all the time by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> That's great. Speaking wow. of, Speaking of musical choices that just make you go, what? <laughs> that's 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 the blues this year. Hey, you know, obscure eighty songs. If it works, it works. And also a reminder, I mean, yeah, that he did try to have a music career. Emphasis on trying. This is true. He tried. Yeah, just Ooh, like Cadre drawing like, penalties. Tried to, you know, take out Cadre there. That, I think he was going for the puck, but when you get the stick between the skates like yeah. that, that's yeah. that's gonna get whistled. Especially like six feet from the ref. Yeah, that doesn't help. I mean, you got to be smart about that. Wait for the yeah. wait for rest at least 12 feet away. You know, social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you kidding me? How many times has the back referee called penalties against this team? I mean, especially when there's a ref in front, like right in front of the play, and then you get the, the back referee t- calling that. That, that. that happens more often than it should. Totally. Yeah. Oh. Oh, hit the net, bro. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Landy would have had that one if, if he got it on target. Yeah. You don't have to be scared of Bennington. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's not, like we established, he's not wall. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to come, like, beat up. No. He might. You <laughs> never know. I mean, what he did to Bishop in that Dallas series, so that, that was a little unexpected to me. Bennington, Bennington has... Save. Bennington doesn't care enough. If I mean, if you get him riled up, though, I mean, he like I said, he went after Bishop. Yeah, he. That well, Bennington's had some moments like like against the Kings earlier this season. I was there for a game where you know he skated like right in the path of Kyle Clifford, and then they kind of bumped chess a little bit, and then before Sunquist and Barbashev took Clifford off to the side and said enough. Um. Yeah, Bennington does have those. The thing with Bennington is that, you know, we, we talk about his chill personality and all that, but the guy is still extremely driven. Oh, yeah, he's one, no he, question. He is one of the most, honestly, the, one of the most driven Blues goalies I can remember. And, and I think he, and that's exactly why I think he's he's so refreshing as a Blues fan because we've waited for a goalie like Bennington for so long to be assertive like that. Oh, that's because he didn't have any, you know, he was on to his last chance, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this team was about ready to cut bait with him. You know, they yeah. sent him to Providence. They waved him twice. They, you know, they, they loaned him out to another team. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then he comes in and wins the cup for you. So, I, I get it. You know, he's been through a lot. And it's amazing the, just the, the stoicness that he has and just the calmness that he has. Yeah, we uh, – luckily, we're, fa- we're both fans. All four of us are fans of teams that like goalies that are kind of Cinderella stories because Colorado has uh, Franco's that's come out of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Which and, like 
I, I love the fact that he was here, but I'm really happy they're starting Grubauer. I just I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Sure. But at the sure. same time, it's it's really nice to have that secondary option. Look at Boston today where Tuka Rask couldn't play. Yeah, and then he had then you bring in Halak, a former former blues legend. Yeah. Um, you know, Halak wasn't bad here. He just he I don't think he ever enjoyed being a number one. He didn't have the personality for it. He was always kind of like always kind of reminded me a little bit of Rain Man, you know, in that he was he was always kind of meek, you know, a little little quiet, not exactly, you know, he he was he was Bennington without the drive. Basically. Uh, he, he's Jay, he was Jake Allen before Jake Allen. He's a guy that needed a he was a guy that needed somebody else pushing him yeah. to be better, and, and, and that's and, and when he was with Elliot, him and Elliot were phenomenal. Yep. Well, and you're seeing it now. He's working well with Rask in Boston. So yeah. And, you know, so it just it's. Some some goalies are just like that. They're 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 a one B. They're not a one. As we have broken sticks and chaos everywhere. Just shrapnel oh, everywhere. This oh, that was Zadorov. Okay, perfect. <laughs> playing with a playing with a stick that's a good solid foot shorter. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not his size. <laughs> that power hey, play Joe's was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it like was. you guys were on the power play. They were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot. Yeah. I totally forgot you guys were. Yeah, it didn't look like it for much. One shot, good, so good down shot. low pressure, but nothing really coming from it. That is kind of one thing I've noticed with the Blues Wags is that when they're on the penalty kill, they're not afraid to, you know, push it up the ice a little. Yeah, I mean they've got guys that can score shorthanded goals too, which helps. Oh, definitely. Oh, jeez. Yeah, having O'Reilly's kind of nifty. Yeah. Well, I mean O'Reilly, and you got Barbashev, you got Steen when he's healthy, you've got. Uh, you know Schwartz and Shen. Hell, I mean they've even put Tarasenko out on the on the penalty kill too, which they have. It makes you it makes you worried, but it also shows you that you know they're they're not just looking and settling to play defense. They're they're looking for that breakout and putting a guy like Tarasenko out there gives you that chance. Well, not only that, but Tarasenko has come a long way, you know, since he started. I mean, he was you know your prototypical Russian offense only forward when he started out, and then he's kind of. Uh, uh, developed into a uh, pretty solid two-way guy here. I, I went, is there anybody? I went, is there anybody more exciting than Robert Thomas? <laughs> Nathan McKinnon. Uh, by the way, uh, just for our listeners on uh, our watchers on Facebook, we are going to. Zoom is telling us we're running out of time because, God forbid, we have more than, you know, two different streams. Oh, so uh, we're going to actually, during the intermission, uh, during I'm going to play an episode of uh, Unsung Blues that I uh, recently put out on YouTube. But while we're doing that, we're going to hop off Zoom real quick. And then, uh, Wags, you've got that sweet pro account. So we'll... Ooh, yeah, I'll pop on. That. I think we're going to dip as well because we got to prep for our show post game here. Gotcha, gotcha. And I got to watch yeah, the game too. We've kept you for an extra period. We were only going to, uh, we were thinking, hey, maybe just the first period, but. Well, I wanted you know, to keep you company until Wags got here, so. Well, and then got to say out of Wags. Yeah, I mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm like, does he actually played hockey today? Yeah, I want to play hockey today, but uh, I don't have a team that wants to play right now because they're too scared. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Throwing the shade. Throwing the shade. <laughs> it's probably fair, though. The one league we play in probably wouldn't have done a very good job with the whole COVID stuff. So, 
It's probably for. We got we got real lucky because we the place we play at was just bought out about well actually right before all this hit and it went from like a kind of like a family owned kind of thing to a up up here Tom Veta it went to a Veta and yeah they've it's totally changed if it wasn't that if they didn't have that purchase done yeah we would not be playing either. Yeah, so like we have we have a facility at like the old Olympics, uh, kind of where the ski jumps are and stuff, called Windsport, and that's where I'll be playing in the winter for sure. And it's a really nice like, got three NHL sized rinks and an Olympic sized rink with seating and stuff. It's a really nice spot. They'll do a very nice men's league for sure this winter. Yeah, that's one thing I'm glad St. Louis is catching up on is that we we seem to be getting our hockey rink game up pretty well. Like I do. Uh, I do public address for McKendry University Hockey, which is, uh, you know, still club-level hockey. But they play in a brand-new facility that their university built, and there's, uh, there's two full-size rinks in there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and one, of the, one of them's – I mean, only one of them's, like, really set up to have, like, fans per se, but it's still it's, – that's two more sheets of ice than, you know, they had, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, fair. Well, I get. Uh, I'm going to be the sub for uh, Maryville this year, potentially. Oh, yes. uh, Tom, the other the other guy that we work with at Prepcast, he got in as the uh, the main Maryville guy, and he's like, "Hey, uh, if you know, I can't make it. Do you want to sub in?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was disappointed this week because I'm the main guy for um for University of Missouri St. Louis soccer, and they're postponing their season. And then my other saving grace for the fall was I'm the I'm I'm a sub for soccer and uh, volleyball for St. Louis University, and they also pushed those those nah. sports. And now it's like Illinois has said no to high school football for the fall period. So that's wow. out. Apparently Missouri is still going to try, but I mean I don't know if any St. Louis area schools are going to play at this rate. Well, I think the way it's set up is if they don't offer in-person classes, they're not able to compete. So oh, all of your all of your St. Louis City, St. Louis County schools, yeah. they're all going online, so they're not going to be able to compete. But all the St. Charles schools and all the other smaller counties are offer are offering in-home or in-school schooling, so they're able to you know play. So all your Fort Zumwalt's and Francis Howells and stuff are going to be able to play. But oh, it's going to be really hour. interesting to see if that actually happens. Yeah. I, w- I will say- talking about Canadian Tire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Shout out. <laughs> oh, Grubauer. Oh, right into the tummy. That was two big saves I, by him. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, you know, despite the fact that, the, you know, the Blues got their goal in the first period, they, they look more threatening in the second. Definitely. Very. I mean, it helps when you have 11 shots versus four. Four? Yeah. It looks a lot more uh, evened up offensive-wise at this okay. point. And, and the fact that it's two periods, the Blues have not allowed a single goal, and Bennington's looking pretty sharp. I'm, you know, I, I went into this game. I, I, I mentioned it to you guys before we started recording. I was a little worried after the Chicago game, you know, but apparently Chicago is this tempest that we just didn't know was about to be unleashed on us. They got uh, they got that whole like oh if a team's gonna come out of the twelve to five series it's gonna be Chicago vibe and they're like actually yeah yeah we are like, <laughs> it's because they got Crawford back that that was the thing if they didn't that's have Crawford huge. back 
Yeah, it's it's big, and also it, it helps when Edmonton picks the wrong goalie. Um, it, they could have picked either one of them and been the wrong goalie. Yeah. <laughs> True, but you Mike's, could have put a shooter tutor in there, and they probably would have fared better. And, th- and that's the thing with Edmonton, and why I never bought into the oh Edmonton can make a run hype because they just their goalies are just eh. Well, so we had the conversation with Mike Farley from Clean Skate. He's an Oilers fan at heart too, unfortunately, and will be on the Oilers podcast next season for that's the Hockey Podcast Network. Talk- yeah, okay. he told us. I maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you heard it here second, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, we were having a bit of a chat with him, and he's like, "What do the Oilers have to do to end the stigma of being, you know, that team that chokes it away?" I'm like, "Win, <laughs> like win something. <laughs> Couple yeah. rounds would be good. Maybe yeah. not lose to the 12 seated Chicago Blackhawks first. Could help, <laughs> uh, and, then, and then of course get a goalie, which which would be nice. Would, uh, and hey, not, they got that really expensive Russian guy, Koskinen. Yeah, yeah, super well, yeah, great uh, contract. The one that Chirelli signed to a big deal on his way out, almost as like and a like, the organization. Yeah, like seriously, that was like that was like I mean, like when I saw that come across, it's like man, he's about out the door. This is like a hate signing. Well, you know? but the the thing is, because somebody had to approve it. Like, I don't think Chirelli had the power to just spend sixteen million dollars all willy nilly. Well, yeah, but he was Whatever. like he was fired like two. What was like two or three days later? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it, it might have been forty hours, forty-eight hours. Like, yeah. which, which which may point to you know maybe it wasn't all Chirelli. Maybe it was just maybe it just at the Edmonton front offices. Well, like I know Bob Nicholson said after that it was a team decision, but it's like you have to say that because if it wasn't a team decision, you guys are idiots. But right. I mean, it's also a terrible contract, so you guys are idiots. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't help you either way. <laughs> Here we go. Nice six-second buzzer beater. Here we go. Quick old uh, face-off win here, and uh, Makarka blasts one in. Let's get her tied up before we leave. That's that's a second penalty for Gunnarsson this period. Yeah. Yikes! What's gotten into him? I mean, he he's he's the kind of defenseman that gets like what, like thirty penalty minutes a year, roughly. Maybe maybe he's it got. Couldn't have been there. That could he must have been. been the first stick on maybe. there. Maybe he's got to receiver and just got some pent up frustration. He's letting. I hope that was right a bad there, replay. That hook. Yeah, but they called it slashing. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. It couldn't have been on that Jeez. replay. I hope. I hope that was. I hope they just picked the wrong replay. And that's and gonna, no buzzer beater. Yeah. That's a bummer. Ah well. <laughs> well at least. Like I mean, you guys are happy, but at least you're not like really happy, and it's like four nothing or something. So. <laughs> no, the, the the word I would use is encouraged, but not encouraged. I'm not there yet. Fair. What, what what you what would you say, Wags? That that pretty fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they're they're not losing. They didn't look as bad as they did against Chicago, and and that whole different thing. We talked about that. There's a reason they didn't look so great against Chicago. So yeah, I'm encouraged. I, I like the way Bennington's playing and. Their power play work, their PK has been phenomenal. Let's just hope they can lock it down here in the third. All right, before Zoom kicks us off, I want to say thank you to Tyler and Jared for uh, joining us for two periods of our Blue Notes watch party here. And uh, any final words? Where can they find you? On Twitter, we're at Offside by a Mile. Uh, of course, check all those THPN feeds, uh, the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. We got all that going, of course. On uh, Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah. And YouTube, so... Same offside by mile. 
All right. Well, thanks for joining, guys. And uh, for our listeners and watchers, this all could not have been possible without our friends at Manscaped. This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below the belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Welcome back. I'm Tom Franklin, joined by the man called Wags. And uh, after two periods, the Blues lead by a score of uh, one nothing as I turned down my mic a little bit. There we go. And um, it's it was a you know the first period you know the Blues get the goal and but they're still outshot drastically. Second period they looked a lot more alive, looked a lot, lot more on it if you will. They put more shots on uh, Grubauer and you know like like I told our friends at the offside by a mile, which thanks thanks to them for uh, joining us for two periods. By the way. Uh, Check out their podcast. They have one of the, uh, in my opinion, best podcasts in the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, but as I was telling them, I, I feel encouraged going into the third period. What do you think, Wags? Yeah, I do too. I mean, you, you get out shot, outplayed in the first period. Yes, you come out of it with the lead on the power play. But it's nice to see that this team bounce back into that second period and, and really kind of tighten the gap. Yes, they took a couple penalties, but their PK stepped up big. Jordan Bennington was absolutely huge. And, you know, we saw in Chicago how the game kind of went from fast paced and then they kind of got sloppier and tired as the game went on. I see the exact opposite here where they started off a little slow, but now they're just starting to get their legs. They're starting to play their system in their game. I'm expecting a pretty, pretty dominant third period here by the Blues. I am too, even though they are going to start on the uh, penalty kill because uh, apparently, Carl Gunnarsson has turned into a goon uh, with two penalties in the second period, including that last one. Uh, by the way, uh, Brett Alexander Keone Freeland on our uh, uh, Facebook chat says, that was such a horrible penalty call on Gunny at the end of the second. And the Hawaii Blues fan guy who's also watching with us uh, agreed with him on that. He, uh, what do you think of the call? Yeah, it was a little ticky-tack. I mean, they call a slash on it. And from every replay we saw, it was – it was a love tap was all it was. So I don't, I don't know if it's uh, Hey, we got to get Colorado back on, in this and give them a chance to score a goal or these refs are just antsy to call after not calling, you know, penalties for four months. It seems like that's the case because the penalties in all the games I've seen so far have just been amazingly high. Yeah, definitely. And refs aren't really letting anything 
go by in this uh, in this uh, you know weird format that we are in, which. You know, I want to kind of get back to what we were talking about a little bit in that, you know, it, it feels kind of like, you know, we, we can't call this, we cannot call this playoffs because this is not round one. This is the play-in round slash round robin. But yet it's not the regular season either. I mean, you know, I, I, for me, watching the players on the ice, it feels a little bit like the playoffs. But it, but I at the same time, it, it's not that 110% speed that you sometimes see in the playoffs i mean it's it's i, I don't know what, what do you think it, it, it's it, it feels like we're kind of in limbo yeah i mean the, the teams that are playing in the round robins it's it's almost like they're trying to feel out the game trying to figure out you know how how in shape they are how well that they know their systems um so yeah this first game especially i think you're going to see on both sides teams really trying to settle in and get back into form. I mean, this is, this is just like the first week of a regular season. Yeah, you've had a couple preseason games, but now when they actually start to matter, you're still trying to kind of find your way. You're trying to find your shot. I mean, we saw one of the Avalanche players, I think it might have been Landeskog, wide open in the slot and just roofed it over Bennington. So, you know, all these guys are, are really trying to find their form, and that's what these round-robin games for, you know, us in Colorado and Dallas and Vegas in the West are, are really all about. Yes, it's about seeding but it's really about finding their game. Um, and I'm glad they're doing it because if not, you're just going to throw them into a playoff series and it, it, it may not have gone. I mean, we saw, we saw how well Chicago played yesterday and they're the 12th seed. So some teams are going to come out firing and some teams aren't. Uh, at least these teams are going to get the chance to play and, and find their form. So when they do finally work into that first round, they're ready to go instead of trying to find their game. Yeah, definitely. And uh, by the way, around the league, uh, uh, we've seen some very interesting results in the uh, first weekend of play here. Uh, yesterday, it all started uh, with in uh, Toronto with the uh, Hurricanes and the Rangers. Uh, Carolina wins three to two in a game that I thought the Hurricanes pretty well dominated, but uh, uh, the Rangers are able to get a couple goals there. Uh, you had Chicago, who might be the story so far of this whole play-in series, a number twelve seed. After you know chopping the Blues in the throat on July 29th with four nothing, they go and take out Edmonton in their home arena. You know, although there's really not home advantage because there's no fans in the arena, they won six to four. Uh, the Islanders beat the Panthers two to one. It was the Canadians over the Penguins three to two, and then Calgary took out Winnipeg by a score of four to one. Kind of a surprising result there, Wags, because, you know, Kiprasov has been mentioned as a strong Vez- – oh, not, not Kiprasov, uh, <laughs> Halyabuk. What, what, what am I thinking? Um, Halyabuk has been mentioned as a potential Vesna candidate. Some even said that he, he should have been a Hart candidate, and he gets lit up by Calgary. Yeah, I mean, Calgary really took Winnipeg off their game. You know, that could chuck hit on Shifley. Um, you know, you could say it was ugly, but – you know, just from looking at it, yeah, it looked like it could have been ugly, but it also looked like it could have been kind of accidental as well. But that really got Winnipeg off their game. And, you know, Hellebuck isn't going to be able to, to save a team that goes that far off of script. Uh, you know, they got emotional. And I'm, I'm sure he was emotional as well because you see one of your best players, you know, off the ice being helped off by trainers. Uh, but, you know, I expect them to bounce back. Uh, Calgary had a really good game. But Winnipeg has shown this year that, they have the ability to win games when they need to, and I'm expecting them to bounce back. And that's why I didn't want to play them in, you know, in the next round if possible because you know they've got the firepower offensively. Their goaltending is phenomenal right now. Uh, it, it, the defense was still a question, 
and it's still going to be a question, but, you know, I just don't want to play them if I have to. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not down with either one of those choices. To be honest with you here. I mean, uh, it, in fact, there's, and it kind of goes back to kind of what we were talking about last week a little bit with uh, Corey and Richie. It's like, who do you want to face in, 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 in the, in the first round? Because the, the playing field is so evened out, and we're seeing it with these early results. Like today, for instance. Arizona beat the Predators 4-3. to three. They almost choked away a 4-1 to lead, but they held on. Uh, very big fan of that here, uh, the Coyotes winning. Um, the Flyers over the Bruins 4-1 to one in a game that uh, we were talking about that with uh, the boys at all side by a mile. A little sloppy. Uh, not a pretty game, but the Flyers don't sleep on them this year. And then in progress right now as we speak, the Blue Jackets and Maple Leafs are tied nothing to nothing. But it just like... It, it, all these results kind of are adding validity to the fact that this is the most unpredictable playoffs that we have ever seen because of everyone's on the same playing field. And it really is literally going to be the best team, you know, that performed that goes out on the ice and performs and wins, um, which I'm personally, I'm enjoying it. I I'm enjoying this, this, this uncertainty and this, this randomness, not as a blues fan who realizes that, you know, the Blues could be on the wrong end of a Cinderella story this year. Um, but it's just, it's, it, it's, a, it's, I've, I've enjoyed this first weekend of, of hockey. What about you, Eggs? Oh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it because it, it, it really is. It's going to show you the, it, who the best is. So when you've got best on best and there's no excuses because everybody's got their star players, everybody's at the same level of health and rest and training it really will show you who the true champion of the year is going to be. And you're going to have a lot of games that are going to be very, very close. I mean, who, who thought Montreal was going to beat Pittsburgh last night in overtime? Yeah. No one. So it just, it just shows you that anything can happen. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I really am too, as the third period has just gotten underway for me here. And just checking some audio real quick. Um, here we go. Yeah, Colorado on the power play still, like you said, with Gunnarsson in the box. But Yeah, you know, we saw the last power play that Colorado had, and we actually forgot that they were actually on the power play. <laughs> you know, it was it was that and that. But that's also just a testament to how the Blues, like, can push the puck a bit as shot on nets. And, uh, man, that, that, was, that was an opportunity lost for Colorado. Yep. Um, ho, ho. Another one. So, man, speak ill of the Avalanche's power play, and they come out firing. Now they get it cleared out. By the way, my timestamp is 1850. What are you at, Wags? I'm uh, about seven seconds behind you. Okay, so we're pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Um, I can actually pause this for seven seconds here, so try that. One, two, three, four, five. Six. All right. Man, Bennington's been sharp this game. He really has. And that's, really sharp. You want that. <laughs> you want that big time. Yeah, now, absolutely. I'll ask you this. Do you see Allen playing in any of these games? Any of these round robins? Unless Bennington gets hurt. Um, I really, I really think you know, Bennington has earned the right to go into this as the true number one goalie. He's gotten his rest. Um, he's looked very sharp starting out here, and unless there's an injury concern, um, I don't think I, I don't think we'll see Allen. 
The only um, reason I say that is, you know, if there is an injury concern or, or Bennington doesn't look good, Allen essentially has one period of hockey played going into this. And it was not a particularly good period either. No, no. I mean, he gave up two goals. I mean, I, I don't necessarily say that it was you know, his fault that they scored two, but yeah, I mean, he right. didn't have great play in there. So I, I, I'd almost sit there and say if the Blues are 2-0 and going into that last game, that, that you give Allen the nod and – Here's Schwartz. Ooh, almost. Um, give give Allen the nod. Our friend Eric Johnson, by the way. Yeah. He's had a strong game, too. He has. Very, very, very – I've talked to – I spoke to the guys with Offside by a mile, and if they were still here, I'd, you know, talk, to, you know, talk about it again. But Eric Johnson is very respected in Colorado. Um, he's, you know, he's not an elite defenseman, um, but I think – after being traded to Colorado, the pressure of being a former first round pick kind of just lifted off his shoulders a little bit. And he was allowed to settle into the role that he's in, which is just a solid mid to low pairing defenseman. You know, that's, oh, he, he also matured too. That helps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He had, so he had a little bit of maturity issues, you know, starting out. I mean, he wasn't like a wild child or anything like that, but he just, he wasn't growing. He was, he was not in the right place to grow. Well, I mean, because you got to remember when he was here, it was, you know, you had him and you had the kid line. So you had Oshie, Berglund, and Perron. So you had three or four, like, real young players not really accustomed to, you know, being at the NHL level. And, yeah, they would go out. They'd have their fun. And, and Oshie's another guy that you look and you go, wow, this guy's really matured, obviously playing very, 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 very well with Washington. He was an all-star this year. So, you know, it's nice to see that. You obviously wish it was with the Blues. But – you know, the, the, the team's done well without them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Blues back in the uh, Colorado zone here, but Colorado cycles it back out. Blues have given Colorado a couple of odd man rushes here at the start. Hope that they can lock that down a little bit. <laughs> the exits out of the zone have been a lot better they have they have um it, it, it feels it feels like there's there's there there's they've lost that nervy aspect whenever they try to fire it out of the zone or carry it out they they definitely they're definitely doing better in that regard just wish they would they every time the blues have gone into the colorado zone though they've been pretty ineffective um, you know, granted, Colorado's got a pretty good, you know, defensive core, and they're playing well tonight, but um, we got a bleeder. Woo-wee! That's a good shot by McKinnon, but Bennington out on the top of his crease. Oh, ah, yeah. yep, Burakowski. Yep. Yes, yes, stick got into him. Bam! Oh, And look... There's the Avs fans. They're, they're showing the Avs fans on camera chanting. I think it's Let's Go Avs. I don't have the TV too loud because it would bleed into my microphone. But So let me ask you this. Um, you know, every team has their, their goal horn and their songs and all that kind of stuff. Is it upsetting to you that it's both teams have that, so there's really no true home ice advantage? I mean, I was thinking that if you were the home team, you would get – all your stuff, your goal horn, your cheers, all that kind of stuff. And if you were the road team, you didn't get any of that to at least give some semblance of home ice, but they're doing it for both teams. 
Yeah, and I I, th- I thought that was going to be the idea behind having that was to give you know that kind of home versus you know home and away thing here. And not only that, but it's like the Blues went into this round robin as a number one seed. They were the best in the West. They won the Western Conference. And in their in the first game here against Colorado, they're they're wearing their away jerseys. Yeah, but but, but then again, I think that's just how the round robin was kind of set up. It, it's because I think the next because I I think the next two games the Blues are supposed to be the quote unquote oh, home team. Oh, huge whiff there by Pareko. <laughs> oh, and a whiff right oh, there too. Oh. the good old whiff on the shot and then recover and fire it in trick. Jeez, bummer. That was a good shot, though. I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, it, that that went in like like a blink. You got to give credit where credit's due, but man, that's it. Go from one whiff to another. Oh then, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Colorado's dangerous, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. Graves, I they just showed the replay. He was looking to pass it. He was <laughs> looking to pass. Whiffed on it. Scandella is you know. On just on the ice, not the best play by Scandella there, and uh, Graves recovers and and fires it in. I'm just wondering. I mean, the result ended up being good for them, but why are you looking to pass to a guy on his offhand on that side of the net? I mean, that that's a tricky. That would have been a tricky shot there anyway. Right. Why were you looking for that pass? Huh. Yeah, well, like I said, kind of makes you wish he actually did complete that pass. Yeah, you're right. Totally. Uh, Blues really got to get something going here in the third. Definitely. And Perron's the guy that's going to be in the mix, mix right there. Oh, he's always going to be. He has been like everywhere this game. I mean, he's he's. I mean, besides getting the goal, I mean, he's 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 that line as we were talking about earlier. That line with O'Reilly, Perron, and Tarasenko looks just absolutely deadly. Oh, strangely gives it away. Yeah. I'll say this, you know, having watched you know, a period and a half now, I haven't seen much of Petro. And sometimes that's a good thing, but I, mean, I just haven't seen much of him. Oh, oh big save by Grubauer. Mm. Bozak could not be Skorzak that time. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, first first break of the period. And, uh, um. Yeah, Perron's been everywhere. And, and 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 on the flip side of that, you're right. I haven't really seen Petro's name mentioned very much or, you know, I haven't really seen him do a whole heck of a lot. I mean, not that he's played bad. I mean, he's Petro's one of those guys that sometimes you think he I mean, he still does what he needs to do, but you know, he doesn't play the most flashy of games. You know, like like we were just talking about like Kale McCarr, you know, who's a very flashy offensive guy that can, you know, sometimes you know, throw the body on that. Petro's more cultured, if you will. Like, you know, he's not a big, beefy physical defenseman that's going to lay a big hit. Um, I mean, like, like every now and then he'll pull out a nice goal, you know, just, you know, like on a really, you know, like that, like the backhander against Boston in the final. I mean, that was nifty by him. It didn't know we had that in his locker. Um, but yeah, some, sometimes, sometimes Petro plays a, plays a, quiet game you know where you don't see him a lot i think i think this is this is the, this is a typical petro he's probably doing what he needs to do but we're just not seeing it game 
Yeah, I mean, I mean honestly, I don't have the volume up either, so I can't tell if they're talking about them anyway. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, and we were also kind of, you know, I was talking with Offside a little bit in the first period about um, Pareko a little bit and how he's kind of come into his own. And, you know, it. no matter what happens with Petro, if, 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 he, if this is it for him and he ends up walking um, – Pareko's, I think he stepped up his game to the point where if he has to be the number one right-handed defenseman on this team, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, you've seen you've seen his progression every year. Um, you know, I've had somebody argue that he's uh, he's taking too long to develop, and I'm and the, the counter argument I make is, you know, every year there seems to be something that that you pick out on on Pareko, and you're like, okay, he yeah. needs to do this better. He needs to do this better, and then the next year he's improved upon it. I mean, it right. went from not shooting enough to not shooting on net to whatever it was. And every year, the following year, it was like, okay, he did that. Now let's work on this. And then the next year, like, okay, he did that and fixed that. So he's yeah. really, really grown into something that you look and go, okay, this this guy is is legit and he is going to be with us for oh, a while. Oh, here we go. No, oh, he got, got, a, got a blocker on it. And Blay has a heavy wrist shot. He really does. He really does. Another guy that you would, you kind of wish you could see him fire it more. Oh. Good save. Looked like the first really mistake Bennington made there. Yeah. Yeah, Vince Dunn. You know, I, I was kind of surprised to see that he got the call tonight because he's, uh, um, you know, he he didn't play during the Chicago game. And uh, he's another guy that his contract's up, and we kind of wonder what's going to happen to him. Yeah, I, it's really, really interesting because it's really going to depend what happens with Petrangelo because it almost feels like you can only keep one of those guys. And, yes, obviously Dunn's going to be a cheaper option. Right. But – you know, he, he's a guy that, and we talk, I can't remember who it was that we talked to, but, you know, talking about uh, using him as trade bait. Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel. Fully Gabriel. A couple weeks ago. He, he, had, he had heard, a, you know, maybe a, a suggestion or a rumor like, like him and Steen to Montreal, you know, and, and that's how, and then he used done as a way to get rid of a bad contract like that. Um, do you see being a former Maple Leaf, do you see Alexander Steen okaying a trade to Montreal? nope <laughs> i didn't want to say it at the time oh tarasenko couldn't get the stick on it but no i i don't see that happening at all i mean i i, I don't like the I, I don't mind the idea of that but i it wouldn't be to montreal i mean if it happens great that, that's awesome fantastic you, you get rid of a bad contract you get a chance to sign petrangelo long term it, it, yeah. it works but yeah, I I have a hard time thinking Steen's gonna be a guy that's gonna make that uh, make that okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Although I do I do get the logic of Montreal wanting a guy like Vince Dunn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because they've they've it seems like they've been searching for top pairing defensemen for ages, and he would he would he would he would definitely be a top pairing guy for them no, with no doubt. So can you imagine a, a backcourt of uh, Weber and Dunn? Oof. I mean, you got a, a slick puck moving defenseman that can feed it into a guy wide open for a slap shot on the power play. Jeez. Yeah, that's that. That'd be a filthy defensive pairing on the power play. It'd be. It, it would just be scary to think about. 
hopefully we don't have to talk about that in the future, though, because hopefully the Blues will find a way to keep him and Petro. But I just, I just, I just don't know how they can do it. Are, are you but already you, preparing yourself for life without Petrangelo? Yes, yeah. I am. I know. I, I just, I, I just, it, it's going to be very hard for the Blues to shed the money they need to keep him around. Yeah, it, it, it's sad to say, and, and you really hate it, and I want Petrangelo here long-term, but, yeah, I, I've got the same feeling. And here's Robert Thomas, man alive, this kid. <laughs> Whoa, oh. Yeah, he, he's going to be something special. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Falk with a good shot. It's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. You know, they're not getting a ton of shots on net, but I am encouraged by what I'm seeing out of this team. Yeah, I am too. They're, um, you know, they're, they're still very much in it as we get a good look at casual uh, Craig Berube. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I like the look. It's, it, it's, it's different. And it's, and it's, this whole playoffs, the theme is different, you know. So it's, it, it's all good. Oh, boy. Yeah, you can only do it for this. I mean, obviously, once you get back to normal, oh, well, shot by Sunquist almost gets on. Uh, it's not going to be something you're going to see in normal times. But for this, yeah, it makes total sense. I, I was telling my, my buddies that this has this whole thing has a, a winter classic kind of feel to it. Yeah. Because when you're watching the winter classic, you can't see the fans per se. You're really only hearing them. You've got mm-hmm. casual coaches in casual gear. It, it just gives you that feeling, and it almost makes it feel okay that there aren't any fans at the stadium, which which really enhances it for me. Yeah, it feels like a special made-for-TV event versus a typical hockey game. It doesn't feel like playoffs. It doesn't feel like regular season. It feels like an event, you know, and and and, and, and thankfully for us, there's a lot of games in this particular event. I mean, it's 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 cool – you know, I had no problem finding something to watch this weekend because there was always hockey going on, you know? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, we were getting five five games a day. Yeah, of course, sign me up. Yeah, and, 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 and perfectly sta- almost perfectly staggered to where, you know, you, you can pretty much watch them all. I mean, there's a couple – there's some overlap, but it's, it's, it's still pretty good for the uh, uh, casual fan. So I'm a little surprised. I was thinking that we were going to get some more different camera angles because obviously no fans in the stadium. And we've gotten a couple, but, you know, it almost seems like they haven't done enough to, to give you some different looks. And I'm really hoping as this progresses that they start, you know, utilizing the ability to put cameras in spots that they normally couldn't be in. So I'm really hoping that we get some different angles because one of the prototype things I saw was, you know, the, the corners, they actually had clear inserts to like on the dashers. So you could actually yeah. have like a camera in that area. And I was really hoping that we'd see some of that already. Maybe they're still working some logistics out, but I really hope that we can kind of see that because this is something that is unprecedented. And if we can get a better view and different angles, I, I would think it would be a really, really cool way of seeing the game. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because another thing that I have not noticed, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing or a good thing, but like every hockey game, we always get like the outside of the arena shots. You know, we get the city shots, we get the 
fans streaming into the arena shots. We might get like shots of like the local landmarks. You know, I don't know if Edmonton has any landmarks, but uh, I'm sure um, they got a Gretzky statue, right? They, they, they have to. I mean, they, they, in fact, they might even just show his house. You know, for all I know, um, but uh, we haven't we haven't seen that. You know, it, it's like you know, if you were a casual viewer, you wouldn't necessarily know this game was being played in Edmonton. I mean, it, it it almost looks like a closed, you know, stage. I mean, that might be the point because you're not going to see cars, you're not going to see people going into the stadiums and things like that. But like you said, the the statues and, and landmarks and stuff like that, you would think maybe you'd see something along those lines. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a very interesting point as well. And I, I did notice for like one of the games yesterday, I forget which one, but like one of the games I was actually carried on the main NBC network. Uh, they did have like Mike Tirico and uh, yep. Eddie Olchick standing outside the arena and doing, doing like a special thing. But that's like the extent of it. You know, yeah, just... they, had, they had a uh, they had a hockey puck on top of a block of ice, and because yeah. it was like eighty four degrees there, so their 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 thing was when the puck drops, whoever guesses the correct time it, that it drops wins some stuff. So I mean, that was pretty <laughs> that's cool. cool. That's cool. By the way, eighty four degrees for Edmonton. That's 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 boiling for them. I think it was Toronto. I think they're in Toronto. Oh, it was Toronto. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. Yeah, I think they're in Toronto, but it was still out, you know, an outlery because they came up with that. Like, you know, it, it was oh, it's eighty four in Toronto. Yikes, that's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, by the way, off- I, we, I was kind of talking about this with 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 Tyler and Jared, but I I'm kind of glad they did not choose Vegas as a uh, home site for these games and for nothing else, but that I really worry about the ice in Vegas in August mm-hmm. in that heat, you know, you can't skate on water. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the issue there. Um, yeah. It, it, I don't think it would have worked in that regard. Cause you, you have had a lot of complaints about bad ice there. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm really wondering how the ice is going to hold up here, especially in Edmonton. I mean, you've got what, what amounts to sometimes three games a day on the, on the, on that ice. I mean, is they're it gonna- going to be okay. They're gonna need some extra treatment on that ice. I mean, like, like more so than normal. I think after, like, 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 I think this game's the last game today at Edmonton. So, like, they're gonna. I think they're gonna do a little overtime. You know, getting some fresh, you know, liquid and you know, fresh ice on it. But it's it's yeah. I by the time the the, the final's done, you know, I I I worry about that too. Uh, you got uh, Wild and Canucks are coming up after this, so there will. Oh, be they one are more. up. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. there will be one more game on this ice, but the Blue Jackets and Maple Leafs, that's the last game in Toronto. That's uh, 0-0 at the end of the first as well. That Wild and Canucks series is going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. You know, I I, 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 I really think I think it's going to be interesting in that I think we're going to – if I had to predict things, and again, this, this playoffs – it, or, or this this tournament, I guess you can call it, is just so unpredictable. That's one series I do feel pretty confident that Vancouver is going to take and take pretty handily. It's just a question of how how handily will it be. I, I think I, I think we could see just how good Vancouver is. You know, people don't realize. I think there's a lot of fans and a lot of people, especially here in St. Louis, that don't realize how good Vancouver was this year. See, and now we're trying to bring it back so the Vancouver fans like us again. <laughs> exactly so they don't burn cars yeah but you're no. right you're you're absolutely right i mean vancouver is a sneaky good team um you know we talked before about how 
there, there were rumors that Brock Besser was on the trading block. And you're like, how is Brock Besser on the trade block? It's just insane to me. Oh, man, he had the shot, too. Man. Uh, that delayed penalty, though, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there, there was a there was a blue uh, with the, I couldn't see the number from my vantage point, but he got a pass on the back door and he had a shot, but he like it looked like he either hesitated or couldn't control the puck right. But power play for the Blues, regardless here. One man, um, very quick here. Yeah, that was O'Reilly. He looked like it looked like he had not a golden opportunity, but he just didn't take it. Yeah, that puck wasn't that puck didn't settle on his stick like he wanted it to. Otherwise, he was firing that one timer. We've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of that too. I've noticed like players that are breaking a net and then they mishandle the puck like right at at the moment. I mean, it's it happens in any hockey game, but it feels like I'm seeing it more in these in these in these games. And that's you know to me that's a combination of rust, you know, not not playing for four months. And then it's also the the fact that you are playing on the ice surface that's being used very, very consistently. And that's like you said, that's why the extra treatment's gonna have to be there is because you get into the finals where you're having games after, you know, fifty or sixty games on there, you really gotta make sure that the ice is at a high level. Oh, definitely. Definitely, absolutely. And that's yeah. Whoever's working on the ice in these two cities, they're they're probably getting some overtime. <laughs> They, they they they've got to i mean it, it, i mean it would be it would be really bad pr for the nhl as i mean like they're doing a lot of things right i think with this whole system they have here um they've even kind of jumped ahead of the 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 black lives um and racism angle which um we'll let another podcast talk about that i think it's a good thing but you know we're not gonna get in this is not a political podcast um but I, they've done a lot of things right. And, and, and if we hear, like, by the time the Western and Eastern Conference Finals comes around that the ice is unplayable, that's, that's not, that's not going to be a good look for the NHL. No, because no, they've done – it feels like they've done absolutely everything right. I mean, you, yeah. the NBA was kind of at the forefront of the bubble situation, but, you know, obviously they've had the, the issues with players leaving the bubble and doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. Uh, they haven't really had a whole lot of – you know, COVID tests or COVID cases, but the, the NHL has just done an amazing job. I mean, I, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the uh, the Ashley Vice video from STL Blues about what the bubble looked like, and it just Ooh, good shot. It, it absolutely looks like they're doing the, the the right thing. Oh man, one of those scrums in front. It looked like Thomas got the last stick on it and kind of just casually slid under Grubauer, but right on top of a man. That was a, that was a chance and a half. Look at that. Ooh, right off the pad. Right off the pad. Um, by the way, are, are you – I mean, I'm glad to be doing a podcast on a sport that isn't doing the equivalent of sticking knives into uh, electrical outlets like Major League Baseball is. Um, this, this whole thing – this is not a Cardinals podcast, but I can't help but just shake my head at what's going on in major league baseball. And then you, then you have Cespedes. Did you see the Cespedes saga? Oh, on Twitter? Yeah. He goes missing. And then, you know, then, it, then it, it turns out that, you know, I, I, he, he packed up his stuff overnight and I guess hopped a plane. And I guess as you know, I could, I, I'm imagining his plane was probably in the air before this agent told him, Oh, by the way, he's not, he's opting out. Sorry. 
Yeah, that's it's insane. I mean, the guy worked two years to get back, and then he plays a couple games and then decides, yep, nope. I'm done. I mean, I, I get it. I get it because of everything that's going on, all the outbreaks, and you're going to see a lot more players opting out in Major League Baseball. Uh, but I, it's a very interesting situation because there's no way they would have been able to do a bubble when it comes to baseball. No. Uh, regardless, because the only places that have those – concentration of fields are, are Florida and Arizona and, and they really kind of shot that down but you're also talking about housing you know 60 people for each team yeah it, it's just impossible but yeah. the fact that you know we really haven't even seen what the protocols are for baseball it really makes you wonder you know, who's in charge who's the ones that are you know bringing down punishments you know, are they really leaving it just up to the players and if they are that's why you're seeing all this because yeah. yes, there are going to be a lot of players that stick to it, mm-hmm. but you got a lot of young guys too. And, and you know, a lot of Latin players, a lot of, you know, players from the Dominican. I mean, just that don't really understand in a sense what's needing to happen, especially the young players in that sense. And it's just, yeah, it's frustrating because you could essentially do this, but you need, a lot more, you know, stricter regulations and major league baseball just, they fumbled it because they spent all that time worrying about money. Yeah. And, 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 and you have this, you know, unorganized chaos now, whereas it it just, it just feels so weird talking about how the NHL is the one of the major four leagues that has their act together when it comes to this. Granted, as you said, I think, you know, like the NHL and even the NBA to a degree are better equipped to have bubbles and, you know, a better response than, you know, like, like I wonder what's going to happen in the NFL this year, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, yeah, I, we, we, I haven't heard if what they're even talking about as far as a plan goes, they obviously can, I don't think they can have a full season just the way it always is. You know, it's, there's going to have to be a bubble situation, but even then you're talking about football. That's twice. That's double the roster size. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred people per hundred people per team trying to be house in cities. It, it, it takes a small village to run a football team. Well, and you know, part of it is the NHL and the NBA are lucky enough is that they're at the end of their season, so they only have a finite amount of teams that are playing anyway, and that yeah. helps as well. With Major League Baseball and NFL starting up, you have every team. You can't sit there and say, "Oh, we're going to have a tournament, but only invite twelve teams." Well, how are you supposed to figure out what twelve teams are supposed to be there? You know, and then you also look at you know, baseball is a is not a time dependent game, so you can't schedule four baseball games in a day at the fields and say, okay, three hours, <laughs> and then the next game's going to start. No, because you know, if you run into extras or, or what have you, it's not time dependent. And, you know, hockey, basketball, even football to an extent are time dependent, so you can schedule it better. Um, yeah, the NFL, if they're not watching what's going on in Major League Baseball right now, they're they're going to be screwed and. Everything we've seen shows that the NFL is going to be screwed this year. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got a game here where, by the way, the Blues have narrowed the shots. You know, now it's 34-29 in favor of Colorado. But uh, keep in mind, it was one time it was 16-4. to um, Blues playing pretty, pretty well this this period. I mean, they I, I haven't – I mean, this after that Graves goal from, from, from the Avs, I, I haven't been really too bothered by Colorado this period. No, not yet. They've put the offensive pressure on. They've gotten some good looks on Grubauer. Yeah, they just can't. Power play. Yeah. 
the guy you won't have in the puck. Oh. Yeah, I almost made some magic happen. Yeah. There's Pareko being physical. That's kind of one of the things I was talking about with uh, Tyler, Tyler and Jared is that like one of the knocks over the years about Pareko is that you want him to be a little bit more physical than he is. Um, I mean, he's never going to be like a, you know, big, you know, enforcer goon type. Um, but I, I think he's, he has stepped up his physicality a little bit. Yeah. And, and that just goes back to my point of, you know, he's improving on things year in and year out. You know, that right. was one of the things that people were talking about. Yes. He's not physical. Well, look what he's doing this last Gunner? year and a half. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm, oh, I think I'm behind you again. Okay. So it's okay. You react, I, I, you react, and then I'll react off of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 125. Yeah, I'm about 30 seconds behind you. I think I had, I think I had a little bit of a, uh, a, a little bit a of a freeze. Hiccup. Had a little bit of a freeze. A David freeze. Ooh. Mm. Petro is hurt, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no! That's not good. Uh, no. I think he's gonna be okay. Hmm. He's not Gumby. He's not. Uh, he's not Pareko. No, he's not. Not only that, but this is a guy that does not usually get hurt very much. You take that shot off the ankle. Oh, off the knee. Ooh, yeah, that's Besides, gonna sting. The side of the knee where the and that that's that's where there's no padding. I mean, that's I mean the the knee pads cover the front obviously, but there's a, there's a bit of a side opening there, and he hit the sweet spot. I think he's going to be okay, but that just he's that's that's going to sting. Yeah, I took a puck off the inside of the knee a couple of weeks ago. It took uh, it took a good three or four days for me to be able to walk again. <laughs> Ooh, so imagine imagine Petro trying to skate. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right there on that tendon too. Yeesh. No, oh, now Colorado's got a power play. Yeah, Gee. they called a bogus penalty. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even see it. And you were rightly worried about the captain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be that would be a fitting way for this game to end. Blues hockey. This is this is this is kind of <laughs> this is kind of how it goes, right? Yes. Man, but Bennington's still still sharp. And you like the fact that the you know they've had four power plays, but they've had four shots. Yeah. Until this point, so that's it's showing you that the PK is doing their job. He was wow. So Kadri thought he scored, and he started celebrating. And it turns out he missed the net. Ah, uh, jeez. I'll tell you what. I do uh, not like Kadri uh, at all. God, that that that's priceless. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. I mean, that's a goal, but will it count? Well, I guess Kadri gets the last laugh. Maybe you don't oh. think it'll count? I don't know. I, it, it was really close from my point of view. By the time he started celebrating, I saw it was zero. So I don't. I don't know. Like I said, it would be the way for this game to end. I mean, they're going like as if it was it. Yeah, he scored before the horn went off. Uh, of course. Of course. So your, your captain goes down. Talk you get a, a bogus call. Talk about a walk-off. Uh. 
Oh man. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And and and, and Panger's talking about, you know, cuz cuz the TV guys are delayed. Uh-huh. So it's like difficult for them to ascertain. 5 4 3 2 1. Oh, I think he got it. It's close. It is uh, so I, I think I think I, I think I saw the puck in when it was still 0.1. Damn. Oh man. I mean, here's the thing about the round robins and 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 you know, like I said with this whole playoffs. We I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't know if I want to play anyone in the first round, really. I mean, because it feels like everyone has a shot. So it's like if if the Blues got the number one seed. They would be taking on either, um, well, it, it would it would be the the lowest seed of the first round. So at this point, it might be the, the Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, I I just I, I just I just don't think the seedings are ultimately going to matter. No, I don't think so either. You've got like you said, everybody's on a level playing field. So you know, a team that was hot going into the playoffs, you're not going to have that. A team that was cold going, you're not going to have that. Everybody's going to be on the same level. So, man, this is going to be absolutely close. Yeah, it's in. I, it's close, though, because I, I didn't see a whole lot of daylight in that because it, it's like like in one frame at 0.1 and you see the puck like on the other side of the red. Yeah. Uh, but I, don't, I didn't see a lot of daylight in between. Let's see here. They're going to count it. You already know they are. <sighs> God. This is this is a matter of frames here. I mean, this is this is like this is like a hanging chad, you oh, know. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, because um, it's like because like I just you know, like you're probably seeing the replay right now. Zero point one, the puck is just going over the red, but you don't see any daylight. And then the next frame, it's hitting the back of the net, but at zero point zero. So which? Yeah, when when did it? click to zero and when did it cross the line man this is this is mm, mm. it's 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 inches and it's really going to make a difference i just i just don't know if it's really going to matter though because what it'll come down to is it'll come down to both teams will be two and one and yeah. the Blues will come down and they'll both be two and one, and they're going to get the the, the one seed because of the win. Yeah, but like you said, once again, Colorado versus Chicago. If that's what happens, okay, you're going to see it here in a couple of minutes. Like they paused it on that frame, and there is no way of knowing if that thing's in or not because the, the, the you you see the streaking black puck. It's still touching the red line. Jeez. There is going to be a team, no matter what it, the decision is, that's going to be really pissed off. Oh yeah, no question. There is going to be, a, yeah. This, this is this is one they this is one I can see them talking about in the sports talk shows tomorrow morning. You know, anywhere. And I mean, like, what's the solution to this? Like, you just get better cameras. I mean, what's the? Yeah, high definition cameras. Uh, find some way to. Man, I don't even know because you know you're talking about goal line technology I, in soccer. I mean, like, but like still... when you watch it at the regular speed, though, like they just showed, it, it feels like it feels like it should be a good goal. Mm -hmm. 
it's just that's, that's the feeling I've got. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching us on Facebook, what do you think? You think think it's a good goal or no? See what the Twitter sphere is uh, saying right now. My brother's already chimed. Shitty way to lose, so. Uh, Tony X is saying this review has taken a long-ass time. Thank you, Tony X. Um, he went from jumping on board hockey because of all the insaneness to jumping off of it because of the boringness. Yeah, uh, Luke Korak thinks it will count. Jeremy Rutherford says it looks like it's in, but it's so close. Um, John Shannon, um, NHL beat reporter, says it looks like he scored. What, what's offside by a mile, Sam? And- and 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 by the way, uh, the St. Louis Blues just tweeted. They say the goal counts. That is the word of their tweets. And Colorado wins this one two to one. Wow! <sighs> this is what a way to end it. What a way to end it. This is unreal. Uh, oh, by the way, offsides by a mile. We know what they say because they just uh, chimed in on our Facebook. Come on, you know you want to, and then woo. Ah, don't even – you know what? You can take the Ric Flair woo. Take it. We don't want it. Uh, Craig Berube just had an expression on his face, proving that he does have more than one expression on his face, that he just, like, bit into something, sa- like, peculiar. <laughs> you know, it, it, like, like, like he was expecting, uh, like, a strawberry, and instead he got, like, a lemon. Um, wow. Okay. This is taking uh, forever. Uh, guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, says it's horse shit, cow shit, bullshit. Basically, all the uh, equine types of shit. Equine excre- excrement. <laughs> yes. Bull, or, 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 or as one of my uh, former colleagues in Memphis would say, bull dookie. Oh, jeez. Bantha poodoo. And then, of course, now, now it's, by the way, there's no one, no, no fan base in the world that can second guess and instant react like blues fans do jeff jones on twitter well only four years left on that scandela deal oh geez so we're already turning on scandela my goodness you know what this is going to be this is going to be like the hand pass goal you know what the blues are not going to talk about it they're going to move on and they're just going to obliterate their competition the rest of the way Right. I don't think this is as controversial no. as a hand pass goal, but it's just like, but you're right. This is going to be, this is one of those situations where it's like, okay, we, they, they've got to move on from this and put it behind them. They played a good game. They, I didn't, they did. I mean, they definitely played a good game. Um, the bounces w- literally went Colorado's way because the first goal they got from Graves was a whiff pass that turned into an opportunity of a shot. And then this was just follow the bouncing puck and, you know, being at the right place at the right time. I and mean, we were laughing at Kadri 30 seconds before he scored that because he thought he got the winner and started celebrating, and then it turns out he, you know, missed the entire goal. Uh, just hockey. That's hockey for you. That is. That's why we love the game. That is why, indeed, that is why we love the game. So, um, well, that, that, that was, this, was a, this was a game that happened. It, it was. Um, it, I think, I think the blues, uh, can take some lessons out of this positive and negative. Um, I think Scandella needs to stay on his feet a little bit more, um, that because he did not look good in that first, in that, in that abs goal, the first one, um, the blues got the gold Knights on uh, Thursday and then they got the stars 
next uh, next Sunday. Times to be determined on those games. And the uh, Golden Knights, uh, what have they been up to? Let's see here. They haven't played yet, have they? Yeah, they. Uh, I want to say. Let me. Let me. Let me see. They. They. They, they obviously are going to take on. I think the Stars for the first uh, uh, game here. Let me see. When. When is that game? That's, That's going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow at five thirty. Yep. Tomorrow at five thirty, and then they get. Then they got us, and then they got the Avalanche next Sunday. Um. So yeah, that th- this is where we are right now. This is. This is life. Uh, this is life in the COVID bubble, and and for Blues fans, um, this feels familiar. We we we've, we've been we've been down this road before, but we've and, and, won now, so it's not as bad. Well, yeah, we we we've got the we've got the cup. I mean, we've got we we we've got the proof that you know, you know, it's it, it's always going to be in the record books. But it's just like this team, <sighs> and it, you you know, it, it, it look this this is the first competitive hockey game since March eleventh. I'm still glad hockey's back. I oh, think yeah. this. I, I think this was a fun game. This was a fun weekend in general for just watching hockey. Um, but it's just like you, you have to be reminded every now and then that the team you support finds ways to break your heart. Yes, it does. And we're, yes, and, it and, does. And, and 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 welcome back to Blues hockey. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Nothing has changed at all. Um, so I think that that's going to do it. I mean, we know where we are right now, um, and. Uh, we will see if the Blues can uh, fix things up on uh, Thursday. We might do another watch party for that. I think that uh, it's a lot of that's going to depend on when the game is because we don't yep. know when the Thursday game is going to be. Uh, it, it, if we do it, it might just be me. It might just be me for a period. Um, we'll uh, we're we're experimenting every day, uh, every time. This is like the experiment season of Blue Notes here because we're uh, learning new things. I still learned that I uh, still need to have the right audio things toggled on OBS because like for the first period, I think uh, for like the first 10 minutes, uh, Tyler and Jared were silent on Facebook. So I got to, I got to fix that. Um, but regardless, thank you for being part of this experiment. Uh, we'll be back with you again here on blue notes. Uh, and thank you for watching. Thank you for listening because without you, there is no me, there is no wags and there is no hockey podcast network. Shout out to Manscaped for keeping us on the air. Uh, And I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. Good night, everyone.